color not be seen. It attracts them. Rule two, never enter the woods. That is where they wait. Rule three, hear the, heed the warning. <laughs> For they are podcasting. It's not even in the movie. No, it's a poster. I, was trying <laughs> I know, to I know. This movie doesn't have a lot of quotable lines, and I've established a, a pattern of picking... Yeah, no, I get you. So I didn't... I gotta... That's what you went for. I used the, that's the poster. That was right, the teaser good job. poster for the film. Hi, everybody. I'm Griffin. I'm David Griff, Sims. Griffin Newman. Yep. Uh, David Sims. Mm-hmm. This is Griffin and... Uh, it's no, I was not about what to say this the podcast is called. Oh, boy. <laughs> Someone's not sleeping well. This is the worst opening yet. And blank Signs was terrible. Check. It's blank check mm-hmm. with Griffin and David. Mm-hmm. Um and, and colon, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to throw any sort of judgment on it. I'm not going to do a performance yeah, thing yeah, where I make yeah, it clear yeah. that I don't like the title. I'm going to say the net, the subtitle like I like it. Pod Night Shamacast. There you go. Good job. That's that's the, our miniseries that we're on right now. We're going yep. through the films of M. Night Shyamalan uh, chronologically. Um, and this is part of uh, a miniseries is part of the, the maxi series that is this show, which is investigating uh, Blank Check Project. Sure. People are given a blank check to do whatever they want, however they want. We just got a picture taken of us. By our guest. Mm -hmm. I think we got to introduce him. Yeah, instead of explaining the fucking premise of our podcast for the upteenth time. Uh, he's he's. I mean, we've been trying to get the, him on the, the show premise for that long. we can't explain in one we sentence, no matter how hard. Yeah, but we, we promised we would try to explain it. Do you remember that conversation <laughs> yeah, where yeah, you're like, no. "Let's try to explain it every week"? It's like when filmmakers they make a big movie and then they get to make more movies. Yeah, uh, but then they're bad, maybe. And every time I try to explain it to someone, not on the podcast, but like yeah. in conversation, they're like, "So wait, what does it have to do with the <laughs> Disney movie Blank Check?" I was like, no, it's Blank Check Projects. And they're like, but you're doing a Blank Check episode, right? I guess we are going to do a Blank Check. We're going to have to someday. It doesn't apply at all, but we have to do it at some point. Uh, our guest today. Someone we've wanted to have on since before we were Blank Check, when we were mm. Griffin Dave Present. Yeah. Fans of podcasts. But Attack he of the didn't want to talk Revenge Star Wars. <laughs> doesn't like those movies. Never, never want to talk Star Wars. Also think he doesn't like this movie. I don't want to preload... Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He okay. requested that we do, we do this movie. We threw him the M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. filmography. And this is the one he wanted. He picked another one originally, and then he no, went... No, no, we picked him for another one, but oh, he that's always right. wanted that's this right. one. Yep, this is the we're one. We're not going to say his name. We're not going to say his name. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to say let's, his name. Let's list, let's list credits, though. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a staff writer at Rolling Stone. Yeah? Is that your title? Do you have a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nodding. Uh, you he's... you might have uh, read his work on Slate. Sure. Uh, or uh, right, we can end this part of the show right now. <laughs> <I'm>, um, <laughs> He's a co-host of Fighting in the War Room. Let's yeah. keep going. Let's We've just keep three going. Out of four now. He used to be a trivia com- competitor. Yes, he was. He was one of our fiercest rivals. Yeah. Those are the two main groups we're trying to establish mm. within the universe, mm. the blank checkiverse. Mm. Are we've gotten three out of the four fighting in the war room hosts, mm-hmm. and we tried to get every member of our trivia well, we're not team. Gonna, on. Dave's in Colorado. We're not going to get him. We're going to get him on something. All right. Um, He's done. He's traveled further to do individual podcast episodes, so <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Is there any other dissing of uh, Fighting the War Room hosts? Uh, I mean, do right the night the is young. <laughs> Let's, I don't know. I, was, I prefer to sprinkle it in throughout the episode. Uh, it's David Ehrlich. Ladies and gentlemen, David yeah. Ehrlich. Say his name. All right. Yeah. There he is. Hi, David. 
What's up? Thanks for coming. I'm not wearing the bad color tonight on purpose. No, I suppose not. Our, our headphones have the bad they color. They have the bad color. Yes. Yeah, I got to hide it. I got to put it in my back pocket, this this cord. Uh, uh, we're yeah. talking about the the village. We're talking about the village. Um, French title Le Village. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, my dad used to always call it Le Village. <laughs> my dad really liked making Your fun of- Your dad sounds real funny. My dad's a funny guy. Yeah. My dad really liked making fun of how pretentious this movie was. <laughs> so he kept on being like, how was Le Village? Yeah. This is his most pretentious film, yes. if you want to use that silly word. I think this would be almost anyone's most pretentious film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. <laughs> this, this qualifies for the long list of the yeah. most pretentious films. Godard film. saw this movie and was just was like, like, oh, like, oh no, right. yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Streamline it a little yeah. bit. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Dial it back, M. Night. Um, this film yeah. does, have, it does have a girl. They mention a gun. They don't show a gun. What a Godard's three rule. You need a girl, a gun. That's all you need. So, right. Camera would help. Yeah. But who has a camera? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's 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 just dive right into it. Right. So this is 2004. This film comes out. It's it's his uh, his sixth movie, but it's sort of his fourth movie. Yeah. It's the fourth <laughs> right? reinvention of M Night Shyamalan. What what he sort of this is the linchpin movie. This is in the, his yes. Career. We're at the hinge of yep. this entire it's miniseries. The, it's right the hinge, now. The fulcrum, yeah, yes. if you will. This is a hundred percent. Um, before then, he'd you know, forgetting, praying with anger, and wide awake, which mm-hmm. I, I assume, already have. <laughs> I, which I, I don't know if I, ever, if I ever remembered them. Uh, check out Wide Awake on Netflix. It's uh, terrible. I I hear a member of your trivia team, maybe former member of your former trivia team, was in one of those two movies. What? As Ooh. an extra? Who? Marie. Really? Yeah. Wait, she wasn't on my no, team. She was, she was on, on your team. She was on a rival team. Oh, no, she, she was on a, she, she, she she was was on neither of our teams. Right. But the Marie, wonderful Marie. I will Marie. update the IMDb trivia page accordingly. <laughs> You're saying Marie Wait, Barty? Was she in Wide Awake? I am. That or? is what I'm saying, sir. Oh, my in, God. In Wide Awake? I don't know. Either oh. that I'm, That was the first one? No, Praying with Anger is the first then, one. Then maybe that one. She, that's That 92. one mostly takes place in India. <laughs> Did she get her ass to India? <laughs> Marie, I mean, how old she is knew, she? Knew a good thing where she saw it. I thought she was mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was yeah, like, yeah, fuck she it, I'm flying like, to India. This NYU student, he's going places. <laughs> I got a feeling about this guy. Um, the brown face still offends, but it was a yeah. good opportunity at the time. Yeah, she was also way too young to play his mother. That was the weird part. So she's like ethnically wrong for the role. And age inappropriate. Shyamalan, he just talent, talent first, you know. Mm. He, he was plucks a, talent. He, he was in a pretty non-literal. Fuck. Right. I, I don't anyway, know. whatever. So uh, he made dumb. his crappy movies. <laughs> he makes a Sixth Sense, big hit. Yeah. Obviously, he makes Unbreakable. Everyone sort of shrugs their shoulders. Bit of a drop but, down. There, yeah. Maybe the guy was a one-hit wonder. He makes Signs. Oh, lots of money. Huge populist hit. And so, now he yeah. he like doubles down on what he did with the Unbreakable. The Unbreakable. You know the Unbreakable. Um, no, Sixth Sense made something everyone liked. Unbreakable, he went a little too artsy for mainstream America, perhaps. Sure, right, right, right. right? right. And so six uh, signs, he was like right down the middle. Right, he's. I'm giving you a Hitchcock sci-fi pastiche, basically, with Mel Gibson. Aren't you happy? Yeah. And he goes, great, I won them back. Right. Let me go as far up my own asshole as I possibly can. <laughs> mm. I mean, he would go further. He was really just <laughs> but, but beginning we, to spelunk. We had no go with this, right? Yeah. We, 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 he would pioneer like something. <laughs> like, like he became an interstellar he traveler, was wandering into the woods <laughs> yeah. very tentatively yeah. in this film. Yeah, uh, yeah. you he, know, he, searching around. I mean, yes. Right. He still made a film with like a plot that, like you know, like yeah, progresses yeah. in a linear fashion. Yeah, but this things, is you know. this is the point in his career where he announces his intention to become the Ernest Shackleton of, of butthole exploration. That's Fair that's enough. what he wants right. to be. 
Well, apparently he had lots of ideas that he would write down and yeah. he would elaborate them on them all the time. Little pieces. Many ideas, little pieces of ideas. Pieces Eventually of ideas. he plucked the village. Oh, what? But I could see that wall. Mm. Oh, imagine so. all the ideas in that wall. Because this is this is two years after Signs? Correct. So he's keeping up his, like, he's, you know, he's yeah. making films he's become a, a every yeah. two years guy. Yeah. Um, the movie was uh, highly anticipated. Uh, yeah. People were... Really, really pumped. It's gonna be called The Woods. Yes, it uh, had Joaquin Phoenix, who was who was hot. People were really starting to love the wall. Hot off a of ladder, forty nine. Now, do you know who he originally <laughs> casts? That one was hot in multiple senses. <laughs> uh, do you know Just who the one. he originally casts uh, in the lead female role of Ivy Walker, mm. Kirsten Dunst, who's got the who's got the Spider Man heat. Would have crushed it. Yeah. Would have crushed it. it. She would have been good. She's got that Spiderman heat, and she was. That's like the Eternal Sunshine year. Like, yeah, she was. Yeah. That would she would have been great. Right, and this would have come out like just maybe a little. Well, no, whatever. No, this would have come out like two months after Spider Man Two had come out. So it was like she was like a big star, and I don't know why she dropped out. Uh, I can tell you why she dropped Town? out. Yeah, dropped out to be in Elizabeth Town. It's uh, really between a rock and a hard place there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna I mean, do? On paper, a totally solid choice. You know, Elizabeth Town, right? I mean, Cameron Crowe's. He's coming off of it. Not the sky, paper on but... which either of those scripts were written. I <laughs> assume, paper. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on toilet paper. Then, then it would have been a uh, maybe not so appealing. You could read them. Okay. <laughs> the weird thing about Elizabeth Town is is Kutcher was going to be in it, right? Yes. And then they fired him for Orlando Bloom. Yeah. And now maybe you want Kutcher. Like ten years later, maybe you want Kutcher. Yeah. <laughs> it's you don't want either, but maybe between those two. I mean, you this want is Kutcher. such a uh, fascinating like chain of what ifs. But but let's let's just I, not to go on too much of a side tangent, but. Imagine you're you you have hindsight twenty twenty right. You're Kirsten Dunst today, knowing what we know now. Oh yeah, do you take Elizabeth Town to the village? Yeah, which one's better for your career? They're both sort of colossal, oh. like train wreck. You take, take the, the village. village. Yeah, you take the village. You think I mean, it's this less movie harmful? made Bryce Howard. Yeah, like what you know. Yeah, made, and but the know. manic pixie dream girl element of mm-hmm. Elizabeth Town, and that was the movie that you know that solidified the solidified term. the term. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think pigeonholed. Well, she has always been sort of. Uh, multi-talented enough to really not go down with that particular ship, but yeah. it's not something you want to be associated with. Definitely hobbled her along with other. Yeah. Years. She yeah. had to go to Lars. You know, she and Bryce, and Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. work with Lars von Trier, but, so. and then they and then they reunited to be in Spider-Man Three together. But she Bryce so went weird. right to Lars von Trier after yes. this. Yeah, that's, that's Bryce. That's right. She's like working with M Night Shyamalan, not masochistic enough. What <laughs> yeah. can I do? And and uh-huh. Lars von Trier is like, I have this script about black people. <laughs> Those magic words. <laughs> She's yeah. like, sign me up. Yeah. I'm moving to Denmark. <laughs> Nicole Kidman didn't want to do it. <laughs> Nicole Kidman won't answer my phone call <laughs> when I Man. send her the script about black people. You <laughs> know, I, I grew up with Bryce Dallas Howard. We've talked her, about yeah, this. And uh, I saw her in ninth grade in uh, uh, in Guys and Dolls, I think it was. Sure. Uh, she was excellent. And my family and I, because they were friendly with her parents. With the Howards. Went to go see Melancholy at the New York Film Festival. Not Melancholia, sorry. Oh, uh, uh, Ma- Manderley. Manderley. Manderley, yeah. And that was the day that we yeah. had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she, she gets up to some stuff in Manderley. <laughs> that was pricey. no ninth grade Grange Country Day <laughs> School guys and dolls, let me tell you. But uh, you said Bryce is a very nice person. I haven't spoken to her in a very long time, but, but, but all the Howards were exceptionally nice, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, and she's sort of the breakout star of this movie. It is interesting. I mean, the, it, it yeah. rarely happens, even less so now than it did then, which was you know twelve years ago. But it rarely happens that you have a big studio film mm-hmm. where, other than when it's a child, you know, when the the lead role is like mm-hmm. a ten year old, there's an adult lead character 
and they pin it on like a total unknown. And I think this but, was literally you know, she had her first film ever. She's she Hollywood royalty. Jeans, yeah. She was crushing it on stage at the right. time. And she was like a really notable like stage actress yeah. in New York. But I remember it being a big deal. Like Chris oh, and yeah, Dunst no, drops, no. Uh, yeah. drops out. And now we have Bryce Dallas Howard, daughter of Ron Howard. And apparently she's amazing. I remember that being like one of the big things. I remember going everyone into this being movie. interested to see. Ooh, I mean, until you know. he wrote the lead role for Mark Wahlberg in The Happening, M. Night Shyamalan had a really good eye for casting. He did. Really good. He yeah. did. Um, especially in the supporting especially cast with kids. of this movie. I mean, yeah, with and, kids, but, yeah. But yeah. Um, um, and the supporting cast of this movie, it's true. That's stacked. This is a I mean, stacked let's go cast. Rover. So you go Joaquin Phoenix, Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. Adrian Brody, right, right, right off, off the his Oscar. Oscar win. I yep. think this is the yeah. first job I he mean, takes. We have things to say about Adrian Brody's <laughs> performance. I hope. I think but... that's the majority of this episode <laughs> is talking about that character and that performance. Simple Jack is pretty much his, uh, <laughs> what he's doing here. Uh, William Hurt. Yep. Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Um, uh, you have Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Can I swear on this podcast? Brendan fucking Gleeson. Brendan fucking Gleeson. One of the best living actors, I think. He's like, great. He's he's just yeah. one of those guys who just is is immaculate, and he is buying in as well to this movie. Oh, he yes. always buys in. Yeah, yes. he never rents. Yeah, he, he buys. <laughs> he buys, then he raises yeah. the property. <laughs> uh, no, but that like Celia Cher- Weston, Celia Weston, Cherry Jones, Jones back. Uh, who else? And then you got you Judy like, Greer, Jesse Eisenberg, Greer, Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg, Michael Pitt, Michael Michael Pitt, who yeah. definitely doesn't remember being in this no, movie. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Michael, go sit in that watchtower. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 get back to you. Uh, uh, Fran, Fran Kranz. Fran, Fran Kranz. Who I yeah. saw on stage in, I mean, obviously he's in Do- Dollhouse, is he in Dollhouse? Yeah, and he's and in he Cabin in the Woods. The woods. But yeah. I saw him on stage in the original production of Bachelorette, back uh-huh. when it was a play. He was great in that. Before it was a reality show? That was- uh, <laughs> the Bachelorette. Yeah. Before it was an indie movie starring who? Kristen Dunst. Yeah, yeah all ties back around. Yep. Um, but so M. Night goes like, I'm going to go artsy. I'm going to go. I, I got guess so. The, I got the audience. Well, I think he feels like he has the audience back eating out of the ha- palm of his hands, you know? Mm. See, I think he's not. He's not going artsy. He's going artsy within a very within the particularly narrow genre. Because this is essentially, you know, it, it was meant to be a refinement of everything that he'd been doing to that point. I mean, yeah. it is so uh, in line with the film that he made you know, with Sixth Sense and with Signs yeah. and with Unbreakable. It's just he bought himself the leeway to have this pretense of it being this very arch uh, 19th century mm-hmm. story, it's which very no one would have funded yeah. once upon a time. Absolutely right. not. Right. It cost 60 mil. Okay, that so was the budget on this I, sucker. I read 70. Okay. One. I, I mean, we can get to this later. I don't know if we want to get to it now because I feel like we should talk about the movie before I get to this. But this was a big film where uh, The Smoking Gun which I think is not that relevant a website anymore. Mm. Um, oh, but- I thought you were talking about a literal smoking gun because I have no recollection of that being a website. <laughs> the, the smoking gun was like a website where it they was, would publish- It was like, like a pre-pre-TMZ type website. They would yeah. get like documents from Hollywood and be like, oh, here's like Motley Crue's writer and you could like read the whole writer. writer. It was like a legal website- where they right. would, like, they, they lawyers would leak They stole documents. The, the script. Is, is that what you're going to say? No, what they did was they, this was the first time this had ever happened. They got their hands on the entire budget breakdown of the film. Oh. And they broke down every single expense mm. on the film. So usually, like, those numbers are pretty hidden and there's a lot of studio spin yeah, how right, much things right. cost. But I, I want to get to that because I think it's fascinating. But let's talk about the movie a, a little first before we get on to uh, yeah. how much everyone was paid. Um, <laughs> no, come on. So he goes like, yeah, so I'm making this what you know, quote unquote period film. Period suspense thriller. Right. But it's also a romance. He made that clear to his producers. I'm yes. making a romance for the first time. Yeah. 
So when the trailers come out, they're, they're... I saw the making of, and his producer is. You guys like, can't oh, see the romance. hand gestures. I'm doing that a hand Dave gesture. is making every time he says the word romance, but it's like angel wings <laughs> coming out of his romance. shoulders. I think there's an important thing to note here, though. But uh, he's got two producers on this movie, right? Okay. Sam Mercer, who produced all his previous right, films. That's that's his guy. His first movie was Six Sense, I think. Six Sense and Rushmore in the same year, and he had this thing where he was M Night's guy and Wes Anderson's guy. So he came out of the gate strong sure. and was like, I got these two big, like, emerging American auteurs. Sort of generational directors, yeah. Right. And he was by their side for these two guys for their first, like, six, seven movies. Um, Scott yeah, Rudin Scott also Rudin. comes on board on this movie. And Scott Rudin has this reputation for, like, after someone's made the movie that really pops, Rudin comes in and he's like, I now deign you worthy of Scott Rudin's. Sure, and maybe I can get you an Oscar. Umbrella, I can yeah. get you an Oscar. I can protect you from the studio. I can get you whatever you want. You're in the Rudin family now. It's like joining the mafia. And so Rudin comes in on this one. And this feels like a movie where Rudin like fought a lot for him to be like, no, it's going to be all violin music. And he's like, I don't know. M. Night said all violin music, you know? Um, the premise of this film is that there is a town, a, t- a village. Covington. Covington. A small village. I, I think I think we probably should call it a village. Let's call it a village. <laughs> There's a Hamlet. There's a Hamlet. Uh, yeah. The Hamlet would have yeah. been a great title. Yeah. But. There's a social collective the in the woods. The unincorporated census designated place. Uh, Le Village at the center of the film. Mm. Um, very arch. Um, yeah, it's this sort of like... It's kind of like an old-timey New England town, but they yeah. talk in like a lingo that doesn't have any particular grounding they in reality. They speak like, I don't know, a bunch of people in 1975 got together and were like, <laughs> what did people speak like 100 years ago? Yeah. We don't really know, but we'll wing it. Yeah, yeah it's like a Ren fair. It's like yes, a, it's, an yes. everlasting Renaissance fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, in this small sheltered uh, village, they talk about the town outside that they're scared of. They're scared the of towns, the outside world. The towns. The towns, they're wicked. The towns are evil. Wicked, wicked towns. And they have a couple rules. One is the color red is bad news. Mm-mm. We don't say red on yes. this podcast. Yeah. The bad color. <laughs> the bad color. But much like in The Sixth Sense, where whenever you see the bad color, it is it, it is ghosts. a little, a little hat true. tip to the true. fact that a yeah. ghost is coming. In this film, he's saying, like, I don't even want to give you the hint of the color. Mm. This town feels the way that you feel about the color watching my movies. Rule okay. two, there are these creatures. Yeah, th- those we don't speak of. Yeah. yeah. They live outside the village. They live in the woods. But they, but they have a sort of agreement. We uh, don't go into their area. They don't go into ours. Right, right. So you can't leave. Yeah, apparently, these creatures are capable of complex interactions and like embargoes, negotiations. And deals. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. A, a truce yeah. was at some point struck. <laughs> right. Um, um, and yeah. uh, I guess those are the two. That's really. it. Yeah. Like that's the whole movie for, yeah, it's for just, forty-five just minutes. Just stay in the village. We don't just we get that out. William Hurt yeah. says that right away. Like, don't you know? Truce, bad color, and then it's just a bunch of village shit. You know. Bunch of, of activity. Of oh, so, Judy Greer. Did we not even mention Judy, Judy Greer? No, Greer? I think oh we might have. She got uh, right. cut off in the chatter, but Judy Greer, of course. So here are the social Playing dynamics. Playing Bryce's Howard, Bryce sister. Howard's sister for the Good first cast. time. All right. Did, oh. oh a little, little, little J-World. J-World. Okay, so uh, central social dynamics in this film. William Hurt is uh, essentially the leader of the town, right? Sure. Uh, his two daughters are Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, do we need to draw family Greer. trees and shit? Like, yeah, you guys have a website where we can post this? Is there a wiki? Is there a village wiki? I will say because like... (laughs) Covingtonwiki.com? Fucking 40% of the women in this movie have red wigs. It Mm. took me a while on the second viewing. I hadn't seen it since it came out in theaters. But it took me a while on the second viewing to figure out who everyone was related to. Just because like... Right. It's Hurt's daughters are... uh, Greer Greer and and Howard. Howard. 
But Sigourney like, Weaver we, has the exact same wig. The and, they, yeah, and they all this, wear the same dress. This definitely dresses. was yeah. a valuable use of your energy because it's ever really at all relevant to anything that's happening in the movie. But to the extent where it looked like when Bryce Dallas Howard rapped on a scene, they were like, Bryce, we got to get the wig over Sigourney. <laughs> We're about to shoot her. Even, like even it's literally the same wig. Even she was rocking a wig. I mean, because that's her hair color. No, no, Bryce is yeah. not rocking a wig. That's her hair. Well, everyone else has I think like the, like they Bryce made everyone hair. a redhead because yeah. they cast her. Right. And it's also the bad color. It is the bad color. Bad color. They don't she mention sticks that. Out. Yeah, it's, they don't, a, it's a little more orange it. than yeah, the bad right, color. Right. But it's yeah. that cherry red is what yeah. they really don't like. But um, yeah. Uh, so these two daughters both are in love with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, who's Sigourney Weaver's only son. Right. And then there's also Celia Weston has Adrian Brody, and I guess there are there other siblings maybe as well in that family. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So yeah. let's talk about Adrian Brody's character. <laughs> right, I, I'm getting it all right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Those are the central dynamics. What's uh, his character's name? Noah. Noah. Noah Percy. Noah Percy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've got, right, so you've got, and they're introduced pretty slowly. Like, Bryce doesn't come in for, like, 20 minutes of this movie. you got, Walk is Joaquin is this guy, Lucius, who's, like, a... Uh, it's stoic. He's a, such a shaman. They're all the they're fucking one. same. He does, well, he doesn't talk. Yeah, his thing is he doesn't talk. But just like just like Bruce Willis, just he, like Mel Gibson. He goes before the board of elders at the beginning right. of the movie, and he's like, I think it'd be valuable. Yeah, he for reads us like to, a Luca yeah. Brasi. Like yeah. I would like if I could go out into the woods. Like right. you know, you know. I yeah. want to see. I we might be able to help our our community. Mm. And they're like, No, get the fuck out of here. Well, he's so no, they're nice. He's so him. affected by the fear that they perpetuate yes. that they're using to manipulate everyone in the village that right. he's. You can oh, and, see it sort of shaking. You and just talk to Brendan them. Gleeson just lost a child. That's right. like the oh, first yes. thing we see in the movie is yes. the funeral. So it's like, you know, they, they have a concept of like, oh, if only we had some medicine in this, up in this, yeah. up and, in this uh, village. Yeah. Can't, can't get away from grief. Follows you everywhere. There's no hamlet in the world mm-hmm. where uh, it won't follow. No, no trees will protect you. Exactly. No, no. ring of trees. Um, and then early in this film, you know, he he wants to go out. He wants to get mass, and suddenly the the creatures start to like show up again. There's, yeah. They start to be present. There starts to be like they yeah, see well, the red. Like, well, they're they're dropping off like skinned animals yeah. around town, which yeah. is getting everyone all in a tizzy. Um, and, and there's just sort of a general fear. And then there's this like set piece, I guess, like thirty minutes in. Mm. Where they like they where ring they the invade. bell. Yeah. Michael Pitt and Frank Kranz stay up in a watchtower in yellow robes with hoods, and they look for the creatures, and they ring the bell if something happens, and everyone's screaming. Oh, it's a great jump scare. The when, yeah. the when he just walks runs, by? Yeah, runs yeah. under the tower. It's a great jump scare. That's M. Night's essentially like his one move, is you're like waiting for something to pop out really quickly, and instead the thing just casually oh, no, M. walks M. Night, by. M. Night has one other move in this film, which I think is very effective, which is how he uses depth of field. Mm-hmm. There are a yes. number of shots where, you I mean, you really also, he takes advantage of the fact that they had this entire location yeah, to right. work with. I right. mean, they, they cleared this, out like 600 yeah. acres. And so and you have a, a sense of activity and life and mm-hmm. vibrancy happening yeah. in this village. You Agreed. see people walking in the background when they're... And you can see yeah. like, oh, there's the schoolhouse. Like, yeah. you know, There's off, a good yeah. sense of geography as well. I mean, this is when he was a competent filmmaker. I mean, there's, uh, there's had, a certain inherent logic to the way that he constructs scenes. He had a, uh, he had a bit of a blank check. He had a bit of a oh, blank yeah, check. Yeah, he had a bit yeah. of a blank check. No, but we've as we've been going through all these movies in such quick succession... The big thing we've like hit upon is this guy's real skill is location. 
You know, he's able to really mm. like design a good space, shoot it well, establish a really clear visual geography. And he never has to leave Pennsylvania to do it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he stays within Philly, but he shoots it very differently. You know, whether he's creating a set or it's a building or it's a, the woods no, or whatever agree, it is. I agree. That's the thing he does well. He also and this, has. This movie has some long ass takes. He really long he ass went takes. for some. Yeah. Uh, and he does like there's that one scene where William Hurt's talking to the kids and he shoots the entire thing behind William Hurt's head. Which just kind of feels like him trying to be oblique on purpose. Yeah, but the shot in which, I mean, how he sort of withholds introducing Ivy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the right. shot in which he does introduce her. It's very effective in I how agree. it plays with her inability to see. I mean, it's, it's all handled very well. The first minutes are kind of intriguing. Oh, I, I, by the way, I really like this movie. I think I'm probably the strongest. Uh, this yeah. is my Shyamalan movie. It's really the only one of his I that this I is genuinely like. his most frustrating movie. But I agree only because that. it, it has the most squandered potential. I agree with that. I was, I was watching the first three minutes and I was like, is, is this secretly a masterpiece? Because you've always kind of argued that. Now, It'd be in my top three ten minutes, for 2004. You know what? I mean, when I saw this, I was like 15. You know, it was within the context of where he was in his career. Step back. Am I going to realize that this is a masterpiece? And there are some masterpieces. Remember things Ebert like shat yeah. all over it? Well, can yeah. I read the first paragraph of his review I mean, here? He was such a crank at that. Can I, I love read Roger this just because this is an incredible piece of writing? Because this really was like. Griffin, hold your thumb down. Okay. My <laughs> God, watching you try to unlock your phone just now was an ordeal. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to hold my thumb down, but not quickly enough. Lift it, lift it. I don't right. want that phone to Go think ahead. it's better than me. Read Ebert's. It's got, it's got to know who's boss. Go on. This is the first paragraph, okay? And I think this is important because this is how the public responded when the movie came out. This was basically the sentiment. Maybe they didn't all word it as well as Ebert, but this is kind of what everyone was saying walking out of the movie. First sentence of the review. The Village is a colossal miscalculation. A movie based on a premise that cannot support it. A premise so transparent that it would be laughable were the movie not so deadly solemn. It's a flimsy excuse for a plot with characters who move below the one-dimensional and enter <laughs> Flatland. M. Night Shyamalan, the writer-director... Flatland is two dimensions. I'm yeah, sorry. But... I know. The reference isn't great. <laughs> ...has been successful in evoking horror from minimalist stories as in Signs, which, if you think about it rationally, is absurd. <laughs> but you get too involved to think rationally. He's a director of considerable skill who evokes stories out of moods, but this time, alas, he took the day off. Well, I mean, to speak to the crankiness of... Mm. Of Lady this, Bird. Of Lady Bird, and certainly of this review. Uh, he's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, there's, there, I don't disagree necessarily with any of the words know, that he uses in that right. lead, but um, I think that he's very dismissive of what the movie is trying to do, how it could have done it better. Right. And he's um, a little too pissed off about the twist and the ending and the premise. Right. And which, the, if you yeah. see the movie on a Thursday night and have to file it three hours later, I can sure. understand. But. Yeah, right. But this was the movie. I mean, this was peak twist Shyamalan, I would argue. And I would also well, say... that right. I mean, this is the twist that did him in. Yeah. Right. And he stops doing twists after this. Yeah. This is his full... whole career until, uh, has been a twist after this. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> a series of twists. Yeah, it became a meta twist. Yeah. And his life took a twist. But this was the last film that had, like, a big ending twist. I would also yeah. argue this film essentially has three twists. Yeah, I, I think I think it has two. What's the third? Well, we'll get to it. And yeah. it should have had zero. Yeah, it should have yeah. had zero. It should have had no twist. Yeah. 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 I think the movie in which the final twist of this film is known to the audience from the very beginning is a better is film. Is a much better film. Is a much better uh, film. Me and Ehrlich were talking about that off uh, yeah. mic, and I think I agree. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. a little abusive now. I remember the first time when I saw abusive. it in theaters. Abusive! Now, now, Griffin, come on. No, it feels a little mean. 
It feels mean, Show David. us where this movie touched you. In the butthole. <laughs> in the butthole. <laughs> and then it climbed up in there. When this is a very chase, this in my a, a very chase movie, except for when Adrian Brody uh, softly penetrates uh, Joaquin Phoenix about halfway But through. oh, so yeah. tenderly. Mm, very tenderly. Yeah. yeah. It's a good scene, actually. Yeah, and also the part where M. Night Shyamalan... Apart from everything Adrian Brody's doing. <laughs> There's also the part where M. Night Shyamalan creeped into the theater and touched my butthole. All right. That part's not so All true. right, all right. That was my That's, theater. Your fault for seeing the movie in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it in his living room. And being, he uh, wanted me to watch a screen. How old would you have been in 2004, Griffin? 15. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was I was right about to go to college. I yeah. Remember. I was I was real ripe. Mm-hmm. I was real ripe, David. Uh, I I had a haircut that my friends described as making me look like a lesbian, and I wore undersized uh, t-shirts. Sounds like you had some nice friends. I had some very nice friends. Uh, I don't talk to any of them anymore. Um, the what we're talking about? Oh, oh. So uh, watching it the first time when it was mm. in theaters. And they really sold this as like, there's going to be a big twist. There's going to be a big twist. And I remember the two things being like, M. Night's back. This is going to be his twistiest movie yet. And Joaquin is stepping up to the spotlight. He's sure. going to be the star. Meanwhile, Rod Serling is just making like a jerk off motion <laughs> <Yeah>. in heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whatever. To Joaquin Phoenix. To yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, to River Phoenix. He's jerking off River <laughs> Phoenix's ghost dick. Um, Finish whatever your fucking point is. I'm doing good which work. is, you saw the movie, I guess. I, no, 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 no. This is my no, point. No, this is my point. This is my point. This is my point. Entertainment Weekly cover. Mm. Is just a close-up of Joaquin Phoenix's face. Okay. And it's like, Joaquin Phoenix becomes a star and the secrets of the village. Like, you know, it was like, that's the thing. Right. So the first 30 minutes, I'm watching this movie, and I'm going, where's the twist going to be? Where's the twist going to be? Where's the twist going to be? Not, not going to be in the first 30 minutes, it's my guess. Sure, but I was already in the first 30 <laughs> you're minutes. You're looking in the You're trying to find the, right, right. Are they dead? Is this heaven? What's going crumbs? on? There actually is a, a big clue. Uh, once you know what to look for, I can't remember oh, exactly yes. what it is, but someone says something that is so eye rolling. Yeah, uh, you're just like yeah, okay. I'd argue there are a couple, and I even think the first time I saw it, I like heard one of those lines that triggered for me, and I was like, "But that wouldn't be the twist, well, right?" I mean, the other thing is he's like, not going to do that, right? The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable like telegraph their twists too, but like are set in the real world. Yes. This is set in a weird pretend village place where, like, there are monsters on the outskirts and everyone has a locked box well, of secrets I mean, in their house. Literally. That's what's interesting about the twist of this movie, if anything is, which is that it's a man-made twist. It's right. not. Yes, it's right. engineered by fallible people and right. not by an omnipotent force right. within the story. Which is what I yeah. like about the story. Right, and why when everyone, all the reviews that are complaining about how you know, absurdly arched the dialogue is are sort of missing the point because that yeah. that is these are people who I mean I suppose he was supposed to be an English professor and I maybe it would history be history professor uh, even, yeah, it's that's why he knew he had yeah. research uh, yeah, yeah but I mean still it was a guy who was doing the best he could this yeah. was not not this someone not a, who was a time traveler exactly and uh, also I do feel like Shyamalan is a Bad writer of dialogue. Yeah, but the, yeah. he and plays he found, his strengths. He, exactly. He yeah, found a good way, a yeah. sort of yeah. loophole through that because his dialogue is shitty. These are people who are trying too hard to speak right. in a way that sounds a certain way. Right. Yeah. Um, he can't write good dialogue. Hadn't Sorry, seen done. it since it came out, okay. right? So when the first time I saw it, I was, I think, impatient. You were just annoyed about the twist. and. Well, no, no, I'm saying when I was watching, before it got to the twist, I was like impatient. I was like, where's this fucking going? This tone is so odd. Rewatching the first half of this movie now, knowing how it ends, you know, fully, I was like, I like this first half a lot more when I know the characters are arch for a reason. Sure. You know? Yeah. And what's amazing is that when they get to the twist, it's almost as if the movie doesn't even give a shit. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's in in comparing it to uh, how they reveal the twist in his previous movies. Mm-hmm. It is, is so. Very, yeah. It's yeah. so nonchalant yeah. here. It's like. 
William Hurt is just sitting on the ground outside of a house, and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess. And like, It's just a farce. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's farce. Yeah. It's farce. It's farce. And it's saying a word that most Americans don't know the definition of. Right. And he's just like, you know, particularly nowadays. And he's, he's just like, yeah, it's a farce. You know, no big deal. Well, let, let's go through like, these. Let me understand. Let me hope you, you know, understand. You know, there's saw... no bromp. Like, yeah. you know, no, there's there no verbal kin dropping his mug. It's mm-hmm. very. And, and it's a long, like, two shot. Like, as you said, it's like a long take. I don't even think they do, like, coverage of it. Oh, you know? of her, like, reaching out and touching the No, I think the, the uh, conversation where he explains yeah, it to combo, her is just yeah. one long two shot. Oh, really. M. Knight don't do coverage. Come on. <laughs> M. Knight don't do coverage. He fucking, he, especially this one. He likes reflections yeah. and backs of heads and stuff. Like, he doesn't care if you see both people's faces the whole time. Village cover. By yeah. The way. What, so oh. what's the, what's the written line by there? someone I guarantee had not seen the movie. Oh no question. I wonder who wrote it. Now I'm interested. But anyway, what, what were you saying? What okay, was... so Joaquin's present as the star, right? I wonder what the greatest movie lines of all time are. And that's the other big article. On Let's just spend the rest of this podcast reading that epi- <laughs> that issue of Entertainment Weekly on a toilet from 2004. Uh, I mean, I'll say I had that issue with me at summer camp, and I probably read it seven times. Oh, I had that summer, with the so Saving Private good. Ryan issue yeah. where they reviewed that. I fucking read that shit once a yeah. day, being like, when can I go home and watch Saving Private <laughs> yeah. Ryan for the love of God? Yeah, that was my poop mag for two months. Was that Village issue of EW? Dude, we had less. I. I was in Britain, so I was an Empire Magazine guy. Uh, but that's I a, would that's read those over magazine. and over. Yeah, you were spoiled. I don't want to hear about your yeah. ritzy British childhood, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. <laughs> I knew Bryce Howard. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Lord Sims of the Manor. <laughs> anyway, no, Lord go Sims, go your on. Empire Magazine has arrived for I was a subscriber. <laughs> uh, go, go on, go on. Um... Central the the love triangle that's up at the very beginning of the film is disregarded very quickly. Is Judy Greer wants to marry Walking Phoenix? Well, I just like she just walks up to William Hurt and she's like, "I'm in love. I'm going Joaquin to propose Phoenix. to him. He's yeah, my like... boy." And then there's a scene of her like crying horribly. Right. He's just not that into you. He's Judy just Greer. not that into her. <laughs> yeah. But I like that we don't even see him like stare blankly at her. I mean, yes, yeah. we do for a second, but, but then it cuts away it before cuts he in. responds. Yeah. yeah. She kind of says like, "Oh." Uh, and then, yeah. Another away. way for Emily Shyamalan not to have to write that dialogue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Or direct actors yeah. through yeah. emotion. Yeah. Um, Other than the emotion of, you are scared right now. <laughs> you are a blind person and you are in woods. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, and uh, and it's only then that Ivy comes onto the scene. Yes, really. yeah. her, her introduction is consoling Judy Greer, her right. sister. And Ivy is blind. Mm-hmm. She's played by Bryce Dallas Howard. What I think is a very good performance. Excellent. I, I, Excellent. I, I, I now totally I realize... Sound to especially to those who don't know me biased, uh, but I think we can all agree that Bryce Dallas Howard gives what might be the best performance in an M Night Shyamalan film. I, I was gonna say, uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I like like Tony Collette in The Sixth Sense a lot, oh, things sure, like yeah, that. Yeah. But no, I I agree. We uh, and it's a star making performance. Yeah. Like it's that yes. rare charming you know, as yes. all get out. Extremely charming because it's weird. I mean, and in a movie where you, you a know, little bit of like a magical disability thing going on, yeah. but like yeah. yeah. But she but she mm-hmm. she's had such an odd career since then of, of uh, ups yeah. and downs that like when she keeps on booking these big things, I always kind of go like, oh, it's weird that Bryce Dallas Howard still works this much. Not because she's not good, but just because like it doesn't feel like she's ever fully established what her place no, is. And I don't hasn't. know if she's popular with audiences, but she's also not like a critical favorite. Like she's a good actress who seems to never get the right role in the right dude, project. Dude, I mean, just just a little breeze through her credits. You yeah. Know, does Mandalay and we'll get the Lady in the Water next week. Right. And then, you know, like Spider-Man 3, like a supporting role with nothing to do. Terminator Salvation. She's basically in the right. background of that That's movie. That's not a real movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. That movie she's, doesn't exist. That's yeah. a fun fact. That movie doesn't exist. Yeah. 
She's in one of the Twilight movies. I think the third one, Eclipse. I, honestly, yes. I don't think replacing, I do that. Uh, I mean, replacing the, this is the redhead from the first Terminator Twilight. Salvation is the same thing. She replaces Kate uh, Claire Danes, who mm, had yeah. red hair in the movie. Like she becomes. No, she had red hair. She had blonde hair. Maybe she had. No, I she had red hair. I don't fucking My care. point is. And then uh, she's in the help, but she's a villain and she eats right. poop pie. And it starts to become that's and, like her uh, type is to play like really unlikable, shrill. Right. Like She's in 50 50. I don't remember her in that. She oh, plays yeah. the shrill ex She plays the unlikable yeah. ex yeah, now. Yeah, like so, right. she started really to get... good at playing really unlikable characters. And then in Jurassic World, she's supposed to shrill play unlikable. unlikable character. Yeah. She's really underserved by and that I s- movie. I see her in these movies, and I go, like, she's really good, but she's not doing herself any favors by playing these over and over again. Like, 50-50, I thought she was excellent in. The Help, I think she's really good in. But it's like- if I she... literally, she eats a poop pie. That's all I remember about The Help. I think she's very good we in We all movie. ate a poop pie. <laughs> yes, we did. America ate a poop <laughs> yeah. pie that day. I think she's very good in that movie, but it, by doing her job successfully, you every time- Tate Taylor will ever be the subject of blank checks? <laughs> no, go ahead. Please. He's doing a Hitchcockian thriller next. I know. God. I'm a where? With uh, a recent uh, Blanky Award nominee, uh, Rebecca Ferguson mm. and Emily Blunt. Yeah. Um, Girl on the Train, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but but you watch this performance and you go like, oh, that's why Bryce Dallas Howard, like this, right. th- there was so much promise and potential in this thing that people are going to still keep trying to figure out the way to use her because there clearly is some way where she becomes a great movie star and a great actress. Could still happen. Um, she's, she's just really effortless in this film and really engaging. And she plays the blind thing really well for, I mean, her first on-screen performance ever. So many actors have overdone the blind thing to such a ridiculous mm-hmm. degree. And she just plays someone who, like, happens to be blind, isn't too ticky about it, you know? Sure. Her disability is magical, but that's in the scripting of it, I think, rather than yeah. the performance. And, you know, it's as simple as it is that in sort of facile that, like, she can see all these things that the other characters can. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that that does add a, a nice charming elements of a relationship with Joaquin Phoenix's mm-hmm. character because mm-hmm. she he's trembling and refusing to acknowledge their feelings for one another. Yeah. She's she has the immortal M. Night Shyamalan line, uh, like what will we dance to at our or will you dance with me at our wedding? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, What? Yeah, he's like, Why must you say everything? And then, and, and, and then as they kiss for the first time, M. Night Shyamalan uh, pans to a chair that's empty in the corner. He does the like, taxi driver <laughs> move with Robert De Niro on the payphone where uh-huh. it's like, this is too painful to watch. That's what Scorsese says, that like the idea behind that shot was sure, like, right. it was too embarrassing to watch. Right. And it feels like M. Night Shyamalan's like, they're kissing. This is embarrassing. People don't want to watch this. <laughs> Kissing's um, gross. I should do him a favor and, and pan over to a chair. I also like the idea that she navigates the village with like total aplomb because yes. like it's such a small contained and then once she's in the woods obviously she's lost and she's yeah. you know grasping at you know the air and sort of like you know I like I like that she's not like that until yeah so there's until. like there's like 30-40 minutes of just like setting up the village and the town yeah, and everything and it's not even like connected like there's no. just weird little vignette just, stuff there's that yeah. one sequence of Jesse Eisenberg standing on the stump mm-hmm. with his back turned to the woods mm-hmm. and they're like counting down to see how long he can stay up there right well, and they're wearing little bowler hats. It's like a, no, I know. You know That's what I like movies, about it. They're like a Stanley Milgram experiment. You know, you're just like jacking up the mm-hmm. the electricity a little bit, bit by bit, with a little bit of relief, and then that's all you really need as far as momentum is concerned to sustain whatever's happening. In the, story. the other the other thing I like is that the village itself is not like a creepy Amish place where no. like people are whipping themselves no, it's pretty like, behind closed doors. It's yeah. like pretty nice. It's well, pretty nice. Yeah. The, the movie, what the movie is trying to do as far as its central themes would not make a lick of sense right. if everyone if was everyone miserable. Was being repressed. <laughs> right. 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 Yes. It's like a nice place. Yeah. And um, so yeah. There, there's this porch conversation that's a beautifully shot. This one was shot by Roger Deakins. Shot by Deke. 
I was um, just talking earlier about that too. Look. It's got that deep look. So at this point, uh, but M Night's done. Shyamalan, yeah, he's two top Fujimoto movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eduardo Serra, mm-hmm. and this, uh, this is, is Deacons, and the next one's Christopher Doyle, yep. one of his rare American films. And then he gets Peter Zdzinski, the Cronenberg's guy, right. for I think The Happening. Yeah, or no, After Earth, maybe like. He's yeah. had a lot of really He's good like, DPs. He's like, who is not just going to give me side-eye for every idea that I come up with right. for that fucking movie? And you can see why DPs would want to work with him, because it's probably a really fun experiment. He gives them a lot of latitude, and he fights for them to get their setup. As, you know? I was talking to Sims before, and I, yeah. I had a, a long talk once with Christopher Doyle, Ooh, who is interesting. Good an unreliable narrator, I'd say. Sure. Uh, yeah. Frequently clashes with Wong Kar Wai, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, he does, but he has you know the utmost respect for Wong sure. Kar Wai. Yeah. Well, uh, he should. He he thinks that like he would shit on M Night Shyamalan literally if if given if the given chance. He, he, would take he a may shit. have yeah. tried. He would. Take uh, a shit. It, he it made is it interesting that all these guys only work with him once. Yeah, he made it sound like yeah. Shyamalan was a real dictator in a way that he didn't find productive in the slightest. I mean, asking him to do really asinine. Things that didn't really give him any sort of flexibility and was, uh, and that was, is Lady in the Water, which is the height yeah. of his yes, ego, his control. Maybe. Thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that if any, if there was any reason why cinematographers would be attracted to work with him, other than the fact that he seemed like a rising star and his films were successful at the time, um, is that his shots were very painterly and composed. I mean, like right. he gave cinematographers room to work. They mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. his shot lengths were not. Restricted to fractions of seconds. I mean, like he was given cinematographers a chance to show point. off their work, yeah. add to their reels. Apparently, he storyboarded the entire movie with Deacons before they even started shooting. Yeah, like they took, yeah. you know, took it all very seriously. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna have an entire movie that is lit by like you know, candlelight, and, and shit. it'll be your Barry Lyndon Deacon." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's deliberate, and he's not doing coverage, so it means like this scene that's this big emotional scene. What's supposed to be a big emotional scene? The, this the, porch the them, love yeah. confession. Is like we're just getting it from one angle, so right. we just make the shot look as good as we want. There's this beautiful rolling fog behind them, you know, and off in the distance and everything. Yeah. It's like a great shot. Um, the more emotional scene that works even better is when the uh, what do they fucking call they who must not be named whatever they're the called creatures, the creatures yeah. attack, and then there's that shot of oh, her yeah. at the door holding her oh, hand yeah. out. That's like yeah. I mean that that's you know what Ebert was saying. I mean that scene makes not a lick of sense if you sort of slow right, it down, if you slow down and think about it. But sure, it is also yeah. one of the like the alchemic whatever's happening in that movie that, that, in that sequence rather. There's a certain magic to it that just works, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think you recognize that. Um, the music and the music in the this music movie, you know, Hilary Hahn playing the yeah. violin and whatnot, it's it's perfect. Uh, that scene comes together really well, and I think hits that tone that he's trying to achieve and failing to achieve for so much of the rest of the movie and his life. Now that I think he, I think he mostly achieves in this movie, not so much in his life. Now that scene is before or after the love confession. I believe it's. I think it's before. Before I think yeah. it's sort of like what. It's kind of what really, galvanizes yeah. the love They, they ring the right. bell. They see the creatures. They see the creatures. There are a bunch yeah. of skinned animals all around the place. Mm-hmm. Even the elders seem a little confused by that. There are a few scenes where you see them like meeting in private because away from the Because one of kid. them is doing it independently. Right. And they're yeah. like, "Who's do- what's going on? Yeah. Um, then the, the creature comes out. Everyone's like running. And Bryce Dallas Howard doesn't seem scared. And she's sort of like... Joaquin Phoenix is trying to prove that he's scared. When he gives the speech to the elders at the beginning, he's like, I'm pure of heart and I think they can sense that I'm no threat to them. They'll let me get right. through There's the this woods. whole component that's not fully explored that yeah. like the creatures have an emotional capability 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, this comes from the fact that the faulty mythology right. that they've right. established. Right. They Which were like, makes sense. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, like they the were elders just like, just kind of, we only thought this through for so far. Right. And we have no wiki to look facts. at. That's like, yeah, right, everything right. straight. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, the thing with the magic rocks near the end of the movie, right. where they're like, I don't know, magic rocks. Like, uh, just take these magic yeah. rocks. Yeah. They're magic. I'd, <laughs> I'd say, to M. Night's credit, it makes as much sense. why did nobody talk about it? It's sort of like how America is run. Yeah. I mean, this movie. And hey, you know, kudos to M. Night. That's is, uh, only continuing to pay off in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say, yeah, the logic of, of the creatures makes as much sense as, like, Santa Claus seeing you when you're sleeping and right. knowing if you're good or bad. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. the kind of thing where, like, when you yeah. grow up a little bit and you start to ask your parents, the thing falls apart. I don't know. Right. I'm Jewish. They never fall for that shit. Come on. <laughs> you know, we're all Jews. This is an all-Jew uh, podcast. Yeah. Really? yeah. Um, uh, my family is big into Christmas. Yeah, mine's um, like, Yeah, mine not. Yeah, yeah. My mother would fucking kill me if I have a Christmas tree in my house. Really? Which I probably will. Yeah. Oops. Um, so, so yeah, there's a scene where the, he goes out, she goes out to sort of try to follow him. Judy Greer's in, like, a, a, a trap door yeah, in the floor. She's, come on, come on, get yeah, the trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. you see Bryce Dallas Howard's hand yeah. holding out, and then you see, like, the, the, the claw of the creature, the snout of the no, creature. No, no, you see the creature advancing. Right. And then Joaquin grabs, grabs her hand. it and brings, and, her, inside and brings her inside. But, like, you gotta think, you gotta roll it back and be like, whatever elder is in that, in color that, that must be named yeah. has got to be like uh, I got to walk slow enough that I don't actually get there because right. yeah. that would be disastrous. That's the yeah. thing, and it's never quite explained like what atrocities did these creatures commit, and obviously nothing, right. you know. But like, yeah, like what's the grounding for the fear? They are essentially proxies for M Night Shyamalan trying to scare these villagers in the yeah. same way that he is Just trying to scare the audience, trying to scare us. Yeah, um, and they have to have that same sort of dynamic with with viewers and, right. and the people in town, like. uh... We always have to be a threat, but can never actually cause any harm. Right. And, you know, they yeah. originally, the the design of them, like, they were supposed to look really different. And, like, they shot footage with them in these other costumes that oh, are really? awful. Like, and You've you seen could, the pictures of the other costumes? I, I watched the making of. Okay. Guys, I watched yeah. the making of documentaries on work. YouTube. Yeah. And, uh... They're like big rock monster things with covered in fur. They suck. They, Interesting. The, 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 the animal skull head is there, yeah. but apart from that, they're pretty much... And then they. Well, fortunately, the uh, among the group of professors that decided to abscond to this village was an Oscar-winning production <laughs> designer. Seriously, so they yeah. were like, "Oh, great, we yeah. can have these kick-ass these costumes." Gorgeous costumes. I do like the Guys, character designs. I've got ideas. <laughs> yeah. Animal bones. That's a, like I love the way the creatures look, but I also like. Did, did they have a long meeting with Colleen Atwood <laughs> yeah, before they went to the village? They had like, time. Guys, what Bob were they Mackey doing? They also do this have like. Uh, I don't know where they're getting all this money from the whatever institute <laughs> yeah. that they can buy a no-fly zone. Dude, didn't you like, hear? Uh, his father yeah. could take one dollar and turn it into five dollars within a week. Oh, within yeah. a week? We'll get to one that. to five. <laughs> we'll That's, get to that. I love it when he says that. You're just like, all right, well, yeah. you know what? So <laughs> it took, like, took a while to turn that into a He could put billion. a down payment on an apartment. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, yeah. every <laughs> week he'd get five dollars. That's pretty slow. He should figure out how to turn one hundred dollars into five hundred dollars. Yeah, or I more. mean, like Gawker would have been on this shit so fast, or like there would be like a Vice episode. What's going on in that? It's in Pennsylvania. I went into this village and I had sex with everyone. Here's my story. Um, (laughs) Um, But yeah, but no, then they changed it to the red robes is what I, you know, they changed the design design. and it's a cool design. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about uh, You don't see him much. No. Yeah. We talked about a lot. We had your uh, podcast co-host, Katie Rich. Fuck her. Hey, oh. hey, come on. Oh, wait, sorry. That's I I was encouraged to, to <laughs> put to down my- David, my she's other. a friend of the show. <laughs> she's going to be a mother. Yeah. Sure. How dare you? How dare you, and sir? And that baby's a friend of the show. <laughs> All right, Griffin. Um, 
I was going to say, uh, no, never mind. Well, I do think, you know, the the visibility, the fact that they are so often out of frame and when they are in frame or out of focus. Mm-hmm. He uses it well. Yeah, I mean, he's always excelled at sort of milking the power of the unseen. I yep. mean, this is, this harkens back, you know, Steven Spielberg is a very recent example of, of the effect of doing this, but um, that's, I feel, where M. Night Shyamalan learned everything that he Absolutely. knows. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the man's a Spielberg. And that's something that modern horror... You know, now when you make a, mar- a horror movie that prey- preys on what you don't see, it is sort of cast off as, like, pretensy- pretentious and artsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I combine those into one word. Brett Brad- Easton Ellis doesn't uh, No, Brett Easton Ellis is like, fuck this. Also, there's a woman in it, so I'm not interested. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's written off as, like, The Witch, or it follows The Babadook, you mm-hmm. know, and yep. uh, it's like, oh, no, the, the movies that actually have some sort of craft. Oh, yeah, you yeah. mean, like, the good horror movies of the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. yeah mainstream yeah. horror doesn't really have much craft to it anymore. But no. Um, no. no. Well, that's a whole other conversation. But, but we talked about, uh, with friend of the show, Kitty Rich, yeah. uh, how well he uses movie logic in The Sixth Sense, where there are a lot of scenes that you can like rewatch and be like, okay, he's cheating, but he does it well enough, it's and it's a minor him. enough like you know infraction that I I'll forgive it. I feel much better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Ehrlich's favorite line in The Sixth Sense. <laughs> Do you want to see where my dad keeps his guns? <laughs> you got really close to being cast in both of those roles, I right? I yeah. Uh, I could have been Haley Joel Osment. My life could have been so different. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. We gotta get him on the show. Haley Joel? He'd do yeah. it. He'd do it. He'd Just do be it. like, hey, He's it's Entourage 2. guy now. Yeah, he does comedy now. He does Kevin Smith movies now. Yeah, and you were almost in Entourage, right? Should we his cut part. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His Wait, wait was it his part? Yeah, I it thought it was Kid Cudi's part. Both of those parts. Ah, interesting. Yeah, one part came after that I didn't get the first part. Ah. Yeah. There's a period in time where I, I looked like I might become Hollywood's premier intern. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Hollywood decided they didn't want How many want times that. are you and Kid Cudi going to be up for the same role? I think though? that's I mean, the like, one. I, I would love it if it happened more often. Guy has a good career now. He's, <laughs> He's really good well. in James White. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. White. really good in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish we were going up for the same part. Um, but, 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 what was I saying here? Uh, Katie Rich, uh, movie logic. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, he distorts it here, but he does create a really good visual language of how you see the creatures and when he uses them. The other thing I like is we talked a lot about uh, on our signs episode um, how, like, the fact that those creatures are CGI, I think, really hurts the movie. Oh, yeah. The moment you oh, see the alien, course. the whole it's a thing disaster. And you apart. have to assume he thought the same. And it's yeah. super practical in this movie. Like, they Absolutely. look like guys in suits. Yeah. And even before you know that they are just guys in suits, there's something charming to the fact that they are that sort of like rustic and artisanal looking. They're artisanal like handmade movie monsters, you know? <laughs> yeah, really. They're like real. This is 19th century. This is like Amish level These craft These are like free range movie monsters, right. you know? Like okay. farm to table movie monsters. <laughs> all right, all right. That's not funny. Okay, so. Farm to table Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> <laughs> Worst joke in Zoolander 2. <laughs> that joke's in Zoolander 2? There's a lot of competition. Oh. Have you not seen me Zoolander see 2? No, because you guys told me not to see it. Uh, it's, it's not great. No, no, yeah. Not, not a good film. Yeah, yeah I don't want to hurt, get hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. You guys saw it together. We did. And then you relayed back to me all the things that both of you said. Oh, yeah, I, sure. And then yeah. I just didn't want to see it. I didn't yeah. want to be sad. Um. Anyway. Uh, love Triangle. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix confesses his love to Bryce Dallas Howard. They decide they're going to get married. So let's bring Adrian Brody. Yeah, into now this, this is that's what that's what I'm trying to. Brody. How do we even of Ben talk Stiller about and Simple Jack and going full retard? I mean, like this it, is... it, it's it's a major component in the in the Simple Jack conversation. This is maybe right? yeah. the fullest retard performance I've ever seen. <laughs> this is retard it's full a, throttle. He had just won an Oscar. This is his f- a d- yeah. direct follow up to yeah. the. So penis. this is really yeah. the time to where the you were, you should the have penis? the least incentive to go. 
Right. Full retard. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the last thing you need to do. To prove. Yeah. And this role isn't like Rain Man, where it's like, ooh, the guy is mentally handicapped, but he's also a math genius. This role no, is there's just. There's no upside. The, well, the role no. is just this guy doesn't think right. Well, and also, yeah, and it's like, it's vague in the worst possible yes. ways. Yes. Where it's literally just, oh, he's he's special. He's, he's simple. Mm, he's special. He's childlike. You know, yeah, right. Yeah. He's and, like a Forrest Gump. Yeah. Type like yeah. low IQ, non-diagnosed, non-specific, but like right. friendly. He right. like giggles, and everyone kind of you know Just sort of get on his pals around side. with him. Yeah. <laughs> they give him like an emo haircut. They you give know, him an emo reminds haircut. me of the description yeah. of the men. You know, I I will quote the show's rhetoric and say retarded, but in our 2016 yeah uh, parlance, the uh, I don't know what we say. Yeah, the mentally handicapped. Mentally handicapped. Whatever, um, right. the, yeah. yeah, whatever. But the, developmentally the, um, disabled. Sure, sure. But, but, but the like strangers so, with candy yeah. episode where they're like, you know. <laughs> The retarded don't rule the night. <laughs> Nobody does. But they come at you all fists and elbows with the strength of an ape. You know, uh, like yeah. that's that's, that's, that's what they're character. going for here, yeah, right? Anyway. It's basically yeah. like, oh, he's sweet, but yeah, yeah. Be, be, keep your eye on don't him. Don't break his heart. Yeah, yeah. you can't uh, yeah, reason don't, with Don't him. you break yeah. his heart. You can't reason with yeah. him, which makes him they scary. They all want cake. The yeah. other problem with him is- yeah, they, they all want cake. They always want cake. He yeah. is a plot mechanic. And like his illness more. is used as, it's like, oh, well- this is happening because because yes. <laughs> Adrian Brody does. He exists weird stuff. to make Bryce Dallas Howard's character look like an angel. Sure, and in the then first, yeah, he yeah, exists yeah. to yeah. Ne- give her an excuse to drive her out of the village right. to go yeah. on this. Um, he's yeah, and, and, and Brody plays it all wrong. It's even, a horrible even performance. With a horribly the bad writing, yeah. he plays it all wrong. Yeah, he does this kind of thing where he kind of like will say something. He'll kind of like laugh to himself and sort of look off screen. And yeah. there's a like, scene where he's like running through a field, giving like a prairie dog. Grin. Yeah, you, and it's, yeah, you tweeted I, that I, picture. Yeah. I had to share this with the world, yeah. and then it's like, and then after he stabs Joaquin Phoenix, mm. he's got the he's got the blood all over his hands. Yeah. And he's like the, yeah. bad, the bad color, color. the yeah. bad color. But he, oh, it's a That's lot of like, a fingers yeah. wiggling. Like he does a lot of weird finger mm-hmm. work. But then other it's than a little that, I am. He's like, had he seen I Am Sam at the time? I wonder. Probably. It was well, the that's same year. That, yeah. or year I Am Sam came out two thousand one. No, it's a one. It's a one. He definitely saw it. Yeah, so he definitely saw it. Um, but but this doesn't feel very committed as a performance. No. It well, doesn't also feel... because it's such a non-specific thing. What is this guy? Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, I also yeah. never buy that he's actually mentally handicapped. Like it, it feels like it has all the specificity of an improv scene where your improv partner pimps you out yeah. to play a mentally handicapped person. They're like, oh well, uh, Percy over here, he's mentally handicapped, and then you have to on the fly come up with like it's something. Like someone to do. In, in the film was like, M Night, what particular handicap does he have? And he was like, you're fucking fired. Get off my set. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for yeah. my script. He has what the scene needs him to have, goddammit. Yeah, he has all of it. Just yeah. the most of it. <laughs> he is he is so fucking mentally handicapped in this movie. Like a like a gross amount of mental handicap. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, he's very childlike. Bryce Hoss Howard's very uh nurturing to him. And so when um, it's somewhat of a career ruining performance for Adrian Brody. I don't think he ever fully recovers from this. No. Outside of the Wes right? Anderson films, I don't think he ever really recovers from this. Because this was the follow-up and everyone was looking to it. And I remember part of the campaign was like, Adrian Brody is playing a mystery role. Like, I think before it came out, people didn't even know that his character was handicapped. Mm-hmm. I think they were just kind of like, Adrian Brody, a mystery role. And they showed like a picture, I remember, in, I think in the Entertainment Weekly article, that was him looking over his shoulder like slyly with the oh, haircut. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's the villain. He looks like a really sure, right. smart, right. like right. conniving kind of guy. <laughs> he Which looks might like he's have the been mastermind. interesting. M- might have been really interesting. Yeah, if he's like a sort of like rogue agent in that way. Yeah. yeah. Or even if he was childlike, if he was like sort of undeveloped well, but the, wasn't like... Childlike is never great. No, but, but, but he's like almost nonverbal in but this But the movie. problem is that there's no... 
we were talking earlier about how, you know, it wouldn't really make sense for the pretense of the movie for them to be miserable in this town. Right. This village. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, they've been there for a long enough time to have raised kids there. And there's no iniquity in this place whatsoever. Mm. I mean, like, they... They are all very cloistered, but there are humans there, and humans yeah. will do things that are untoward. Of course, right. And when Adrian Brody stabs somebody in this movie, it's like the first bad thing that's ever happened in yeah. this town. They, and they like, refer to it as like an accident. And it's like yeah. someone's molesting someone. Like someone really? is, why, why, is... Why you gotta just have such a poor opinion of humanity, yeah. man? Trust me. There's a town, there's <laughs> someone molesting someone. <laughs> what, if, what if you were have the you rogue never agent? Seen... You walk and you're like, someone's up to no good. <laughs> and then you start a witch hunt. Have you never seen like a BBC crime drama? Like every town, every idyllic British hamlet, there's there's someone molesting someone. Uh, um, there's something happening here, but but there isn't. I mean, it's all swept under the rug. Well, that, that's sure. a big thing that happens. At 45 minutes into this movie, Adrian Brody... Joaquin Phoenix goes over to apologize, I guess, to Adrian Brody is the idea. No, no, Adrian Brody comes to Joaquin Phoenix. No, it's, it's mirroring the scene where Judy Greer is very gracious in accepting that the guy she loves loves right. his sister. Yes. And then we are getting the boy version of that right. immediately afterwards. And we expect it to sort of be kind of a comic scene. Right. Or like, you know, he's just like having the same conversation we just saw, but gender swapped. And they start and, very quickly going yeah. into, it's the, the two guys making direct eye contact with the lens. So it feels unnerving when the conversation right. starts. Um, and he uses screen space well here because you don't know how close they are to each other because you're looking at them. Yeah, there's that shot of Phoenix looking right into the king. Right. 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 And he's not right. saying anything. You wonder what's going on. And then it cuts down to a lower angle, <laughs> knife in the chest. Yep. And Adrian Brody like starts crying, then takes the knife out and then stabs him like six more times. Mm-hmm. And then they find he the takes body. Takes his time though. He like laughs again. Yeah, <laughs> looks to the side, <laughs> and then right. he's like, meh, meh. They find him on the porch. Yeah, he's got the bad color. Bad he's crying. Color. They go from house to house to try the, to the, find the him. Movie... Bryce Howard immediately has a feeling. I know. And now, the movie sort of shows to a halt for fifteen minutes. They've been engaged minutes. for twelve hours. Yeah. And that's yeah. Well, she that. can't see his color. David, she can't see yeah. his color. That's what she says. Um, she can see his color. Now, sure. Joaquin Phoenix, who was first billed in the movie, was the cover of the Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, then he is out. Out of the movie. Bye, Joaquin. Now, I want to throw this out. So this was Smoking Gun, got this uh, budget breakdown, right? All right. Um, how much do you think? Joaquin collected for this one? Yes. Well, I can see that it's loading on your screen right now. Yeah, I don't know why. Get it? I fucking had it. I, I know the number offhand. It's the other ones I want to pull up. But yeah. yeah, four. Oh, what was the quick guess? Uh, He's got one Oscar nomination at this point. Yeah. yeah. He's I'm got gonna... Gladiator. You know, he'd been gonna... in Signs. He'd been I'm in Letter. I'm going to go with, with 5.8. Nine five. Wow. Okay, so for the previous film, this without going over. Mm-hmm. For the previous film, for Signs, uh, Mel Gibson got twenty five million dollars sure. to be in Signs, yeah. uh, which is I think the most any actor had gotten at that Walking point in Phoenix time. Got a bucket of fish heads. <laughs> he got one million for okay, Signs. I guess right. that's right after Gladiator. Right, you know? right, right, right. For right, this right. film, he gets seven million dollars. Wow. He is top build. He is top build. Yeah. Okay, is only in forty minutes of the movie, but he is top build. But he is top build. And that's okay. how that shit gets broken Bryce down. Bryce Ellis right? Howard, it's her first film. What is she, like 200 grand? $150,000. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, so in, this is what I find fascinating. In the budget breakdown, they had like allotted, Phoenix and Bryce Ellis Howard had been cast. Mm-hmm. And they said, here are the other key roles. It's Adrian Brody's character, you know, uh, William, Hurt. William Hurt's character, Scorny mm-hmm. Weaver's character, and they listed Brennan Gleeson's character, who I guess maybe originally had a little more to do, it seemed like, yeah, he's, with the he's... budget they allotted to him. But they said essentially it's like, Three million dollars for the guy playing uh, Percy. No, Percy. What's his name? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, for Adrian Brody's character. right. And then it was like one point five for, for each of the elders. Barney, yeah. uh, they had three million dollars allotted. Adrian Brody wins the Oscar. They pay him one point seven. Ooh. They paid him less than they had allotted. So you're Adrian Brody. You just won the Oscar. You agreed one point seven million dollars to play Simple Jack. Sure. 
whose job is just to be like despicable. I mean, I, I, t- I take one. The elders seven. got. I mean, these are well-established actors, but nobody. Cherry Jones is never commanding like a seven million dollar. <laughs> no, no, because everyone yes. else is a theater actor. Like, right. They yeah. all got these crazy payouts. I mean, Sigourney Weaver got two million. William Hurt got one point five, and I don't know what the rest of them a got. But they probably to William Hurt. Yeah, I mean, he was being disrespected by Hollywood at that time. He though. won an Oscar. I'm aware of that. I know. Yeah. I know you know. Yeah. David, I know you know. Yeah. I'm here with the two Davids. Next year, he... No, no, this year, William Hurt, in 2004, he gets an Oscar nomination for... No, it's the next the year for History comes Violence. Out, yeah. yeah, and that's his big comeback that he then fails to capitalize on in any way. Completely squandered, but um, whatever. But maybe Still love you, William Hurt. His best performance. Lost in ever. space. The Big Hurt. Um, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, The Big Hurt. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, so Brody, Brody stabs him. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is like a hospitalized. He's out. Uh, hospitalized. He needs He's medicine. The movie shutters to a halt here right. for like 10, 15 minutes where mm. it's like, we know she's got to go into the fucking woods. Just put her in, you know, get and her finally, in that yellow clan yeah. costume. So finally, the big hurts, like, fine. <laughs> like, without talking to the rest of the people. He's like, finally, Chicago White Sox first baseman Frank Thomas yeah. is like, let's get Bryce. Well, he, he, he lifts the veil. Right, so right. he leads her into a shed, and he goes, what you're about to see here, I need you not to <laughs> There's scream. like 18 secret places in this fucking village. But he also- they, like, No one thinks to break a lock, like, He you does know. like 15 minutes, Shyamalan does like well, 15 minutes the of the be- movie- Well, that's the beauty of like making your own village, is that right. you can, in your own rules, you can be like, there's a shack there, you must never go up there. Literally you know? zero. And yeah. and people take that like the word of God, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, I can't go there. Yeah, can't there, go there. That's there, the place we don't go yeah. to. Like, <laughs> There's a 15-man stretch of this movie, maybe 10, right, where Shyamalan's cross-cutting between three different conversations, long conversations that are happening at different points in time. Mm. So the central one is William Hurt is explaining to Bryce what is going on. Then there's the one where he's talking to the other elders after the fact about the fact that he has already had the conversation with her. And then there's one where I think he's talking to one of the elders about the fact that he wants to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And he's just yeah. like, he's making it like he's kind of obtuse for no yeah. reason. Right. But but the big herd essentially tells Bryce Dallas Howard, hey, this is the shed. This is the costume. Uh, do, it's do, a farce. Do your very best not to scream yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's a farce. Here's the creature. We pretend to do this. Why? Because we're scared of the outside world. We don't want people to know. Right. Wait, but does he tell her? But he doesn't tell her. No. He doesn't he, tell her that it's a farce. He just says, He like, says the word farce. To her? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because why is she so, if she knows that it's just a guy in a suit, why is she so scared when she goes wandering? Because he says, we based it, and Shyamalan drops this fucking vocal cue in again in I case we forgot. This is what I would argue was no, twist well, two you know. of the uh, movie. Oh, yeah. where he says, like, it's based, we do right. based on original so tales goes, yeah, of creatures in the The creatures the don't exist, well, legend, whatever, you know? And that's Shyamalan being like, well, you know, maybe there are monsters. Why I don't know. Why do you do that? He's like, listen, you're- Fiance of twelve hours is fucking dying. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna tell you the secret that is all that binds this village the together. Only thing. It's the only Your thing that makes all this shit work. Yeah. But maybe they're really evil. Well, I mean, and also like, yeah. it makes no sense. Well, I think yeah, it's designed. No, I don't. It doesn't make sense. I mean, the no. other thing that doesn't make sense is like you've got a shack with some costumes in it. Put some penicillin in that shack. Yeah, why does it, you know, just in case. Why does yeah, it fucking penicillin? Make a new label for it. <laughs> why does the villagey? Just be like, uh, all right, so this is kind of serious. I understand that we don't like to make exceptions because yeah. that's a bad precedent. Maybe in the middle of the night, 
I'll walk through the fucking yeah. 50 feet of yeah, trees. Why don't you right. do and I'll just go and I'll go to a CVS and I'll be like, hey, uh, you got some Advil? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, the whole idea, like, what's, what's revealed in this movie is like the village was formed because these people were like, I hate death. Right. No yeah. more death. Right. Let's they, make a they village where no one can They don't die. like sad things. <laughs> they don't like sad They all things. had a sad thing happen to them and they say it's like, <laughs> they all sad death. It, it's literally, well, it's, yeah, oh, my sister was raped. Oh, my father yeah, was shot. and murdered. All right. of them. Yeah, no, they're all It's really like, I don't want to live in a world where 9 11 happened. That's the, yeah. the movie and is very broadly a, a 9/11 yes. slash yeah. Iraq War whatever right. allegory where it's like yeah let's just shelter ourselves away from like yeah. the bad from things, from right. the hurt right. and the pain but yeah. that For, not from the big hurt but from right. hurting but he doesn't do a serviceable job of connecting that to like intimate grief no of being like this is no. why I'm retreating from the-. it's a broader sort of abstract fear of the world which I think you know I can certainly yeah. relate to but uh, I think that you know he it's it's very abstract and and it does not at all connect to the circumstances of you need to save your fiance. Right. No. And it brushes out, you know, like that first shot of Brendan Gleeson like mm-hmm. cradling the coffin. What a fine actor. And uh, you know, there's moments like when they open the Sigourney Weaver opens her little black box and Excuse looks me. at the photographs. Excuse me, David. I believe you mean Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, opens her black, but you know, like there are moments that brush up against what you're talking about. Yes. but you know, but it obviously it's too. It's and not like super at that point, concerned with Shyamalan's it. too worried about like explaining the mechanics of his world to the audience, and also trying to make it like one fifth of a love story. Yeah. And then there's even that thing. It's, it's a romance. Are you kidding yeah, me? But they never do. They, there's the part where Bryce Dallas Howard's talking about how she senses everything and that she senses that like William Hurt and and Sigourney Weaver that oh, there's yeah. a thing there. Yeah. And then there's like one moment where yeah, where she Sigourney he won't go, fucking hold her hand. Right. She's at a party. like. And yeah, then yeah. it's never picked up on, like, I ever know. again. It's just a weird dangling thread for no dangling purpose. Hand. Dangling hand. So he explains it to her, and he goes, you have to walk in the village. You know, here's uh, a pocket watch. It's worth money. Go down the road. Do this. Do that. And then yeah. here's the list. I wrote it down. Give it to someone. They'll give you the medicine you need. Yeah, his plan is flawed. His Literally. Super flawed. No one would ever know if you just left one night he and just, got some fucking just go but, No, but his plan is, no, no, but how about the blind girl? Yeah. She'll just walk until she hits the road, <laughs> a dirt road, well, which yeah. she'll easily discern. The idea is, oh, she won't see, so no, she I mean, won't I, know. Of course. But it's also like, yeah, but did, one, did just an that? elderly. Did you get that, <laughs> I didn't totally pick that up. Um, see, this is the thing. My only, uh, the only logic I could figure out for why he wouldn't want to go himself is they don't want to make a contact with the outside world because then people will know and the right. whole thing will be blown. But it'll be blown as easily by a blind girl. Oh, yeah. No, the blind girl who doesn't know yeah. that there's this outside world. Who can't even well, pretend also, to like, act like yeah. it's 2004. Like, it would be really easy for someone to be like, who are you? You know what I'm going to do? Call the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's interesting that they, they must have been in the village for however many years. Uh, they, 20, at least. Right. And yeah. so, like, well, they are young children there, which means that they are at the grandchildren stage. Right. Sure. They're getting to the grandchildren. They are likely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if someone is cheating and, like, looking at their pre-iPhone, like, sneaking it out and being, taking like... They're taking out their, uh... Yeah, like, like, like Sony Ericsson. Exactly. <laughs> but, um... Uh, One guy just really wants to keep up with the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah, he's got his hey, Palm Pilot. I don't blame him. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, you have to that, like <laughs> the nine eleven sort of validates their decision sure. to do yes. course, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. what if way. someone like bought a paper and like just it just happened to be yeah, on yeah. that and they were like, like oh shit God. Yeah. no because there is Let's that scene on this there's thing. that scene where M Night Shyamalan's character yes. he uh, is reading oh is God. reading a newspaper and it's like I I pause there are like five uh, yeah, stories and they're it, all yeah. like murder death yeah. like they're all terrible and then he flips to the next page and seven more murder thing it's so heavy handed what's he reading like yeah but Bryce goes into the woods. There's like 30 minutes of the film where it's sort of just like a, this is just like a sparse thriller that's just 
blind girl in the woods. Yeah, and it's what happens to a blind girl it is in the woods. Eighty percent of the trailer. The yeah. trailer was all this action. The trailer was mostly it's her a fumbling blind around. In the woods. Yeah, yeah, in the woods, and you don't know. She doesn't know what's going on. And her only adversary is Adrian Brody in a red costume. Which you chasing after her. You don't know it's Adrian Brody. No, we, yeah, I know. So that. when it's introduced, you think, okay, twist two. Right. What They're the fuck real. is he doing real. out there? I mean, he's yeah. hiding, you know. No, well, it's, well, a, it's a stretch. There's a, there's a term I used when we discussed. <laughs> the stretch is he pried open the floorboards. He got the costume. He somehow, like, wriggled out of a window in that yeah. bulky. That's, you know, there are bones yeah. on yeah. that costume. How'd he get out well, there? Well, he's got the strength of an ape, so. Yeah. <laughs> and they always want cake. Um there's a term I used when we discussed uh, David Dobkin's The Judge. I don't know if you've seen The Judge. I or, have not seen The Judge. Uh, you Good are call. a lucky man yeah. uh, because you too will someday die. I know that there is a lot of bony Vare in that movie. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Because true. It, uh, the soundtrack was sung to me for 10 consecutive days at the Toronto yeah. Film Festival. But... Yeah, there's also a lot of bully shit in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best joke I'll ever make. Yep. Um, that's it. Um, so <laughs> is there, like, we're in the UCB studio. Is there like an alarm that goes off? Oh, yeah. 10, ten, ten yeah. comedy points. Yeah, I just got 10 genius. comedy points. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, by the way, I, David, I give you seven comedy points for Palm Pilot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank I know reference based humor isn't no, usually like what we're going How many do you need for like Judd Apatow to acknowledge your existence? Well, Judd Apatow just optioned that joke. He optioned that. Joke. Is it yeah. like a carnival or if you get like 1,500 <laughs> points, you get like yeah. the Judd Apatow Yeah, you take your tickets to the yeah. booth and he's like, you yeah. got a Netflix series. Like it sounds like a, like 10 points, like that's a big score, but uh-huh. much like the carnival, if you want anything that's better than no, an eracer, you need like 15,000 points. You got to be putting in the time every day for years. Just that's the thing, and you reset every day. Yeah. Much like at the carnival, you're going to lose your points once yeah. you go home. So yeah. Um, uh, Adrian Brody, they they sort of present, oh, oh no, this is what I was going to say. David Dobkin's the judge, right? Mm. Uh, there, there is a character in that film who oh, is I've Robert Downey yes. young brother. Who, when we discussed the film, I referred to as a, a, a cinematic device that I refer to as convenient retardation, mm-hmm. where a character yeah. is like just mentally handicapped enough to help the movie in the ways it needs to. Right. So they're super You'll, like functional. blurt something out at the wrong moment. Like right. love singing Beatles cover songs, <laughs> right. but like can't raise a child. Exactly. <laughs> Right, right, right. No, that's just a perfect example. In the yeah. judge, it shoots every moment of the fucking family's history yeah. on a Super 8 camera and then inadvertently projects old memories onto the wall at times you, that are do dramatic. Do you know this, Ehrlich? I may have been told. All I really remember about what I've been told about the movie is like the climactic confrontation between judge and judge son takes place in the middle of a tornado. His name's yes, Judge Jr. That is correct. Judge Jr. Yeah. That was uh, the same year as Man of Steel too, right? That was mm, Warner tornado. Brothers' big year of tornado father son. Uh... Can we get off the judge or what is what do you what is your point? No, Adrian Brody has the same thing in this where it's right. like yeah. he he can barely walk and then in other scenes off camera he does think like in order for yeah, us to accept what's elaborate happened, costumes and like yeah. pull up the floorboards which yeah, is like I, I, I'm not arguing now, he doesn't have the strength to do but well, why would he think to do that? No, go on. I was going to say something, but were you going to play devil's advocate? No, uh, I was going to say that like it could be the only way out of this mess mm-hmm. for M Night would have to got you go so dumb that he like came out the other side. Like make make Adrian Brody a verbal kin situation. Like make it. I agree. He's faking sort of it. Like, but the problem is that the villains of the, that's already what the monsters are that's doing. The in monsters. Yeah. He's already they're already serving yeah. that purpose. So, but if he could be sort of like a visible agent of chaos and like. You know, a disrupting factor in the village that whenever he, in his mental state, saw someone testing the boundaries of what they were doing, mm. he could go over and sort of course correct mm-hmm. and use like, "Oh, I'm retarded!" Like, right? You yeah, know. So they they've like raised him as an agent since birth, yeah, basically. But, but yeah. 
I, not, I would no, prefer no. that <laughs> yeah. only because it would explain why his performance is so bad. Yeah, but you would need another scene of William Hurt, like, you know, it's lecturing. It's very the Truman Show. Packed. It's like what you yeah. were referencing earlier. It's, very, it's Truman very, very Truman Show. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about how in the Truman Show, it should just be explained to that it, Truman was taught in school that it rains in a column, and yeah. then he doesn't worry about that. Right, right, right. Or, right. You know, but obviously, that breaks. You can't break the reality yeah. too many times. Yeah. And people and will you, stop you enjoying it. The audience it. have a fun time. Well, no, but the audience. You know what I'm saying to you is like the audience within the Truman Show world, the people watching that television they, show. They want it. They in want reality. to recognize. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't just have like a running commentary being like, remember an episode right, like right, nine right. years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it rained in a column yeah. that one time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's happening now. Don't worry about it. How um, weird would it be to Truman be like, Show better movie than The Village? No question. Yeah. How weird would it be to be like ten years old mm. and you're like watching The Truman Show and you start watching like when you were born? So you've been like big on like years like twenty eight to thirty two, and your parents have to constantly explain to you like, oh yeah, so when Truman was four. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of like course. it's such a burden to jump into that show late. But we'd watch yeah, I that think show. Figure it out. We'd watch I mean, that it, show. it wouldn't really be any different than meeting a new person in your life and being like, "Oh, well, I haven't been there for the years one through 30. Right. Yeah. I, I don't do that for that exact reason. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. I find there it very are stressful. risks involved. Yeah. That. If, if a person's backstory is easily bingeable in a weekend, I don't make <laughs> friends with them. Uh, I've known both of you since preschool. Um, so, so uh, blank check babies. Uh, that's a spinoff I'm pitching to uh, Judd Apatow yeah, once I get job. enough tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy points. Um, twist one. Uh, it's a farce. Sure. Twist, twist two. two is maybe the creatures are real. Right. Twist three. She trips the thing. It falls into a pit. It's Adrian Brody. Yeah, he's dead. Right? Now he's dead. Okay. Bye, uh, Adrian Brody. End of twist. Bad death scene. Yeah. He does the, yeah, but anyway. Yeah. End of twist, I guess. She just makes it out of the woods and goes to ye old medicine no, shop. No, but you already know. At this point, it's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. And we've had over the course of the movie these scenes where they mention their relatives who have died. And Cherry Jones says, like, you know, it reminds me of my daughter. My sister yeah. would have been her age. Why didn't she come died to the village? She was 23. 23. Yeah. She was shot in her sleep. And you're like, that's. No, no, that's his father was shot in his sleep. Right. And sleep. Cherry Jones, as she was raped and murdered. Yeah, but she doesn't in say an that alley, to Bryce. But she says in an, in an alley. alley. That's the giveaway. That's, yes, that's the giveaway. Because there are no alleys in this whole village. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> There's really no, no need that for was, that. I watched I was like, red flag. Alleys. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The color, the bad color flag. <laughs> yeah, please. Or, or Thank like, you for respecting yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of our listeners out there might, might be from the village. <laughs> The village? Yeah, the, from the Walker okay, lineage. Okay, let's let's wrap the, this plot up here. Makes yeah. it out of the woods, she, and she, she she climbs a wall. Yeah, like, good job, Lee. I don't know how she does that. Now, as she's about to climb over the wall, yeah. William Hurt it, it just dramatically walks to a box. Right? Yeah, it is not provoked by anything, and he's with who's the woman? So, is he's with Sigourney Weaver? Is, is it? I think it's a different woman. Whatever. Eh, one matter. of the other elders. He's with one of the other elders, and he dramatically walks to a box in silence, and the two of them. Unlock it, open it up, and there are newspaper clippings. Yeah, you know. Much like the newspaper clippings from Unbreakable, Mm -hmm. and much like the way he plays out the twist in Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, and also the non-twist in Signs, where, like, at the moment where the thing has to click, he replays, like, seven lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. Over it, so yeah, that no does. one cannot we understand what's it, going on. M. Right? We they called night. me Mr. Glass. Yeah, they called me Mr. Tips. But that's four movies in a row where he does that exact move, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And they get well, the he newspaper was, he clippings. Was, I don't know if you remember. He was kind of known for for his signature twist. That <laughs> yeah. was something he was on brand. <laughs> well, and but not he always only... delivers the twist the exact same <laughs> well, way. It's like you're gonna hear the repetition of dialogue. Then, I mean, well, come on, let's get to, come on, let's get they to his were, cameo. They were people like, in the in the seventies, and they decided. Oh yeah, well, yeah. right. We get the, all their yeah. families well, died. Know, they met in a grief counseling group. They did. What's funny is that like now, every you know, back then everyone was, and I thought sort of unfairly, 
was just sort of like, oh, it's a vanity move to put himself in his own movies. Right. Now, in 2016, people, you know, maybe uh, more rightly would be like, oh, it's the only way to get an Indian guy in a movie in like yeah. a major role. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. oh, diversity. Oh, yeah. hey, M. Night. And we did talk about across these, what, the, we're on film six now? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, he is the lead in Praying with Anger, his first film, which takes place in India. But then you're saying it's a bunch of Samuel white Jackson. I mean, are there oh, any Sam other Jackson. real people of color in the first six movies? Uh, not in Signs, apart from M. Night. Not in uh, Sixth Sense? No. Other than M. Night. Yeah. Well, Very lily-white casts. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's too bad the village couldn't be a racial utopia as well, because like, it was the 70s, guys. Yeah, no, I mean, they were to unbound to any sort of history. Sure. Yes, like, sure. They could have... Well, but, but, but David, M. Night was a history not, professor. No, but you got to remember, M. Night is unfortunately not, and like, yeah. then we'd be like, wait, wait, there are black people living here? When is this? Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, then we'd yeah, be asking yeah. questions. That's a very fair point. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be a bad color yeah. flag, I right. think, to the audience. Yeah. But, um, that, yeah, it, it, it's it, like... I know that you were making the bad color flag joke again, but it sounds worse, right, when we were like, well, they can't have black people. Yeah, that would be a bad yeah, color. That's a bad flag. Comma flag. Yeah, okay, I should use it. now I'm thinking it would have been interesting had the ranger, like the nice ranger she meets, mm-hmm. been black. Sure. Yeah. It was like that, or uh, any or other. anything. Yeah, anything. Right, right. <laughs> right. No, other than he's white. just <laughs> another confused white guy. And uh, Bryce Dallas Howard went, I sense a color <laughs> coming from you. Black? <laughs> Is that... God. Minus ten comedy points. Um, oh God, Judd, I'm coming for you. It's uh, yeah, take so a little longer than I thought. She runs into a cop or a security guard. He's not a cop, right? And and the, so in she the newspaper runs clippings, Paul Blart. yes, she, he says he says the skinny thing. Bart. William Hurt earlier said the thing about like you know your grandfather. He could take one dollar, yeah, make it into five. No, because I think this is important. There's in the newspaper clipping. There's the thing of like billionaire John Walker yeah. shot by former coworker, and he says that in the thing. It was like uh, yeah. money dispute, right? Money dispute, right? Yeah. Well, I, I wonder also, if they're supposed to be the fucking Foxcatcher family. Oh, oh the Duponts. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh god, that's sort that'd of because cool. it's a Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. I bet it was. And based. so they have this reserve. I'm adding it to the IMDb trivia page this tonight. The, Literally, yeah. no one can stop me. <laughs> the first thing you see is when they get, when she jumps over. The first thing we see. Yeah. When she jumps over the fence yeah. is the signage Walker on the do- Walker Preserve, Wildlife yeah, Reserve. Yeah, yeah. And it, and he walks out and it's like, okay, so that's why no one ever bothered them. Because mm-hmm. this is and big land. It's his family. He knew no one would ever but come But then in. everyone's like, but what about the planes? I need someone to explain the plane the situation to me. everyone was asking. So, so it's it's a kind-eyed young ranger security guy played by on. Abe from Mad Men. Yep. Elizabeth Moss is a, a ex-fiancé. Mm-hmm. Um and and they have this conversation that goes on for way too long, where he's like, "Wait, you you lived in the in the woods? In the woods? No." And she's like, the- "Yeah," and he's like, "But you live there?" She's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "But where did you grow up? The woods?" <laughs> like he repeats the same question six times, and she keeps on going, like, "Sir, I'm I'm just from the woods. I don't know what you're saying, right. sir. I mustn't. I, I mustn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. He'd be so. Ki- I sense kindness in your voice. I want to get to the goddamn cameo. Um, can I just point out one thing? No. <laughs> the moment with the, with the clippings in the box. No, I don't the logic, care about the clippings No, because in the I box. find this really funny. The logic we're supposed to buy into is William Hurt's just sitting in like his living room waiting for Bryce Dallas Howard to come back. And then without saying anything, he Let goes like, let me take like, a look at the box of secrets. Look at that box. <laughs> Let me remind myself why I'm here. Let me just stand hey, stoically it's on with his a woman mind. He over just my sent shoulder. a fucking girl. Yeah, they, but they, they do it a, so dramatically. They're in a cri- the they're, there's that, that great line reading from Brendan Gleeson where he says, like, look, you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. You know, yeah. maybe this is it. You know, yeah. like, we tried, right? You yeah. know, we can't stop everything yeah. uh, bad from happening. Um, she. He, he says it better than yeah. I just. <laughs> Such a good yeah, and look, yeah. and look, guys, yeah. guys, look, come on, come on. We're gonna build a wall. We're gonna run. It's gonna be huge. We're gonna get the fucking Walker Foundation to pay for it. 
Uh, he, convinces- he, was, he could play Trump, Gleason. He's got the <laughs> oh, build. Oh, yeah. He's got the build God, for Trump. God, he'd be such a good Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, is is charmed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Enough to go to the ranger station. Yeah. And like sneak some medicine cabinet, uh, some medicine from the cabinet while M. Night Shyamalan is like, you see, the thing is, the Walker family, they paid Wait, for no planes. But they have all of the penicillin. Like, just in a thing. 80 jars of penicillin. So in a fridge that says, like, penicillin do not take. Clearly at some point, one of the elders was like, just in case of emergency, have a fucking Comstock load yeah. of penicillin right We're here. We're never going to come out and get here, it. Here's something, though. But, here's something. You need electricity. They don't have any electricity. Maybe that's the problem. Because you need like a generator rumbling away. What are you going to say? Like that's the machine. That, like oh, that's the, the noisemaker. You can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes that's... sense. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. right. Maybe you have a fridge in the woods, uh, though. I mean, come on. There are yeah, workarounds. Do, do fucking something. <laughs> I don't know. Or you have an ice box. Yeah, assholes. Right? Just yeah. ice. <laughs> Just I don't know. Just one igloo cooler stashed away properly. You know. You know, you know, but all these questions, I think, when we were talking about the unsustainability of this village, I are sort of getting, they're playing into M. Night's hands a little bit because this is a movie that's sort of about the fundamental unsustainability of a utopia. I mean, Absolutely every true. work yes, that's ever been written about a utopia, Thomas More on forward is, mm-hmm. is yeah. sort of exploring the same idea. Uh, and it's meant to poke holes. It's meant to think, you know, when these kids grow up and Jesse Eisenberg comes a little bit less of a pussy, like, how is he going to get out of this village? He's going to be like, oh, maybe we'll just, like, try confronting one of these things. we got a bunch of us together. Yeah, yeah let's just and, club like, it. We'll yeah. beat the shit out of it, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. Uh, Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Something's going to go wrong. And but, I agree, of course. Just poking at the logic of the movie should yeah. not be enough to defeat the movie. The movie does, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. meant you, to you encourage us part, to yes. do that. It's, That's part of the idea of the text of the film is to quote the immortal Nancy Meyer, something's got to give. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. something's got to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's complicated. Enough. <laughs> the intern. The intern, you know? <laughs> yeah, the parent trap. Um, uh, look, I just want to give... Guys, if you guys ever do a podcast in the intern, I want in. I have suggested Nancy Myers. I think Nancy Myers would be candidate. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my sister would ask to be guest on every episode. <laughs> That's I, I would her think favorite that, living filmmaker. Uh, you, you would want as many women involved in that as possible. Yeah. You want to um, be the intern. I, I, I enjoyed your I, I, uh, writing about the intern, in, the intern. in the uh in the... Um, I kind of like the intern. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, uh, it's I was angry they didn't cast me. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's actually they cast so many interns in that movie. I know, and they cast some douchebags. Can, can I tell a quick... Uh, There's some fucking douchebags in the intern. Let's be I, honest. I'm not going to name who they are. No. But uh, can I just tell I a quick side story? Oh, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, I will. Uh, I auditioned <laughs> for the intern like four times. Yeah. Uh, they kept on every time I went in. They were like, "Here are three different roles we want you to sure. read." Because yeah. there were like a lot of young men young in that movie. In that yeah, yeah, the yeah, Adam yeah. Devine character. Come on, and and Nat like, Wolf's character, Zach Perlman's character, the guy who replaced me on the thing I was fired from. Mm. Like it was like all all, all the every young guy in that yeah. movie I auditioned for at least once, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd go and they'd be like, "Read these three. And I come in the next week and they go like, "Read these three. And then the fourth audition, I think, the third was with Nancy Myers. Oh, cool. And I was Shit. like waiting outside, and the yes. sign-in sheet was like, "I got there." Again. The sign-in sheet was six current cast right, members it of was SNL. Like Colin Jost, yes. uh, you know, Bryant. Yeah, 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 right, right. Uh, I think Pete Davidson wasn't on at that point. Taron Kelly was like, they make these people sign in. This is what was crazy, right? So I was like, she's like making all the these people audition, like, and right. like they fucking she. Gets, they're busy. They're on every week. She knows whether she wants them or not. You know, whatever. Like, but it was like a huge cattle call, and it was all like these big ass people. And um, so I, I am like waiting there. Okay, whatever. Getting a little intimidated by my competition, but it's also like, well, I know all of us are auditioning for eight different characters, okay. so whatever. And um, 
the uh, casting guy comes in and he's like, hey, Griffin, you ready? I was like, yeah. Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. And then he's standing on the side of the door, right, about to open it up and goes, great, great. Really excited. Just so you know, Nancy doesn't like shaking hands. And he opens the door and I make eye contact with her and I totally lose my mind. <laughs> That's I, terrible. I blew the audition right, because I immediately because like, was what like, do? what do I do? What do I do? You slap her in the face. And it's one of those things, yeah, I, I honestly, like, I don't know I would like have a, tried a wave? to. I, I was like rubbing my hands on my thighs like really aggressively. It looked like a nervous tick because I was like, don't move your hands at all. You right. didn't interpret that as like she loves big hugs. You would have just like really gone <laughs> Nancy, into the come here. Yeah. She wants a European like kiss on each cheek. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the handshake is not far enough for her. Yeah. She wants a deep. I human think even feel. the way he worded it was, she's not a handshaker. That's a great story. Let's yes, wrap let's get up back the to the movie. Yeah. So M Night, it's this long. You can't thing. tell me. I'm sorry, Griffin. Yeah. You can't tell me that anyone listening to this podcast, like hour three of talking about the goddamn village, yeah. wasn't interested in it's hearing a great story. about it's Griffin meeting Nancy Myers. It's a great story. A good story. <laughs> no, gotta I give him a little flavor. I'm, you know? I, I'm, I'm here to keep things on track. <laughs> I know. Uh, by the way, just we like got, Katie Rich, I'm not gonna read it, but we got an yep. email about yep. that today. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, you know what? I you wanna, got an email. I want to address it? this quickly. I, I'm not gonna get into it in a, in a big don't. way. Please don't. But we got an email from uh, a guy who previously emailed in some uh, mini series suggestions of filmmakers John to Apatow. cover, mm-hmm. and he said like, "Hey, thanks for mentioning my email. Uh, you know, okay. I hope you keep these things in mind. Also, if I could give one note, <laughs> David, stop being so hard on Griffin. I just want to publicly say we're we're best friends. Yeah, we're there's great. no problem here. No. We we know the roles we fit into. Yeah. Yeah. I like provoking David. Yeah. They, he's he's trying to get my uh, get my. I try goose. to get his goat, and when yeah. David says like "shut up, I hate you," he doesn't actually hate me. No. I just don't want any of our listeners to actually feel uncomfortable. No, it's just anybody. sometimes we gotta get fucking moving. Like yeah, that's 100%. like literally, yeah, gotta go, hundred percent. We gotta go. That's, gotta go. That's 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 the dynamic. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Guys, we're busy New Yorkers. It's not a plan. We're like Nancy we're Myers characters. We're Nancy Myers characters. You know, we've got kitten, we're so kitchens busy to refurbish. That we can only talk about the village for three hours yeah. on a Thursday night. Yeah, and we can't shake hands. <laughs> no. um, okay, so M. Night, reading the newspaper. Death, 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 murder, yeah, rape. Right. And then he's just like, uh, yeah, a lot of crazy things. Hey, hey, Jim, whatever you do, do me a favor. Don't be difficult. I hate difficult things. Mm. Like that one time the Walker family said that no planes could fly over. <laughs> it took months of organizing that. It was you real had to difficult. call the FAA. Yeah. You had to call Congress. Yeah. And, and of course, he gives himself the signs alien treatment by only showing his face in yes. the reflection. Yeah. In the reflection. The in the reflection. And yeah. it's just like, dude, this whole thing would be so much less distracting if you were like, yes, I am the director. Yeah, right. You know who I am. And it, it's a real miscalculation because the audiences at that point are going, Fuck this movie yeah. already, and then he shows he up shows with up his right post twist. <laughs> and also, M Night at this point is so well known that like this movie makes yeah, fifty no. million dollars opening weekend, yeah, well, I and wanna... like six the I next week. I want to briefly talk about it. it's box office performance. Yeah, but that, yeah. but that was like fifty million dollars off of his name. Like this right. is him making a film without Mel Gibson, without Bruce Willis. The the uh, advertising was very like vague, you know. Of course, the poster is like was the, the, list. the list. The list. Joaquin was uh, top build, but he wasn't above the title. No, yeah, it's, it's, and above the title. Right. That's it. Yeah, and so everyone knows who he is. But I also remember seeing this opening weekend, and when they he when you saw the corner of his face yeah. from behind, the audience went, "Oh, now oh, here we go." Everyone in the theater knew it was him. Like he yeah. was physically recognizable. No, it was at something this point. You, it would like teenagers, my teenage friends who yeah. didn't like movies well, would talk about. Maybe it. again because. He's there the would never be guy another in indie yeah. guy in this yes. film. <laughs> but, True. But everyone immediately knew from a sliver of his face and the voice that it was like, oh, fuck, here he is doing a victory lap when I want to punch him in the nuts. It's like, oh, Dev Patel? Oh, no. Slum Dog's <laughs> not out for four years. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. six-year-old Dev Patel. <laughs> um, but that's it. 
Yeah, he, that's I mean, the movie. Because I, I want to talk about uh, the box difficult. office briefly. But is there anything gets else? Gets the penicillin, gives him back. She gets, she gets, she gets back. back to town very quickly. Seemingly, yeah, she just she just gets on a segue back to town. <laughs> yeah, because uh, William Hurt goes. It's going to be half a day's journey, and she seemingly gets back in like five minutes. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, well, she's she can run at superhuman speed. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing that Joaquin doesn't bleed out or like get sepsis. It's crazy. Or whatever. whatever. Yeah, it's like a rusty knife. <laughs> we don't know if he lives, right? I mean, I they, suppose we, we don't. don't. I suppose that's fair. Yeah, there, we don't. There's know. a shot. There is a hopeful sort of dire end. I mean, they're all going to stay there they're for at least a little while longer until something else terrible happens. And there's happens. that shot of Celia Weston like breaking down because they like realize it's Noah is dead. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that you know, that shot of Joaquin Phoenix's like, you know, hospital bed, it's I guess. It's the elder yeah. standing around the body waiting yeah. for her to come back saying she's returned. She has the medicine. And she killed a monster. And, she conv- and they're it's like, a, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> Noah. Right. And they go, should we, this, but she's given us a gift, an opportunity to keep this town going. Now, uh, Smoking Gun got the script out early and it leaked, and people like leaked. And the how twist. much is the Smoking Gun paying you, like for these links? <laughs> this is the fuck website. Uh, I just bought the Smoking Gun. Smoking for Gun. Five smoking Gun is the website yeah. that had the Bill O'Reilly loofah. Oh, I will always be in debt to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, what they're most famous for. All right. But but apparently, like stuff leaked out, and then they were like, no, 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 no yeah, that's they not changed accurate because we ending. reshot. Right. And apparently, it was the ending that's in the movie, but they added the scene at the end right. for reshoots, like six months later, with the elders standing around, and they go like, we'll keep it up. And the movie ends on kind of an up note that kind takes attention of. away from the twist a little bit because yeah, it's like now we just like go back early, to normal like david said it's kind of a yeah it's a quasi up note they're gonna yeah. stay there like can this charade yeah, continue but unfortunately yeah. all the focus on the twist and how it's sort of you know the, the movie sort of hinges on it right completely takes away from any of the ideas that the movie yes, could potentially have been about yes. because it's all sort of about that tension being released and then yeah. um all of these things that you were left half thinking about in the final shot are things that could have been explored from the get-go and explored, you know, in a much greater capacity and depth and much further up M. Night Shyamalan's asshole than... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And we're just going to keep on yeah. going. We're just tunneling new ground up up that asshole. The moment I kind of like is there's the last shot of the wilderness guard in his car with the, the ladder propped up on the side of it mm. after he's clearly, like, let her back up over the wall. Just right. going, like, what the fuck was <laughs> yeah. that? Like, you think about that guy going home that night yeah. and, like, sitting across the table from his wife or yeah. mom or whatever. Be like, did I, did I do the right thing? Mom, his mom, and he's yeah. like, you yeah. will not believe yeah. what happened at work today. She was yeah. wearing, like, this period gown. It like, was too, like, like a blind Ren Faire girl <laughs> came out from a wilderness resort. She had a pocket watch? Yeah. I have it. She paid like, me Jesus. in a gold watch. And then I just let her, I propped up a ladder and let her back over. Did I handle that situation correctly? <laughs> I was told not to be difficult. I gave her a bunch of penicillin <laughs> and then let her on her way to go back into the forest, where my job is just make sure no one goes into that the forest. The most boring job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, does he just drive he in circles all yeah. day? He, has, he does one thing ever in his career. <laughs> right. He goes to work every day for yeah. years. And so, M. Uh, M. Knight's really patriotic. He's like, it's an easy gig. Like, yeah. come on. Just, yeah. Just, yeah well, know. that's job two. Job one is go around in circles. Job two is don't be difficult. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> hand. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be difficult. Okay, so I want to talk just from, in the movie. I just, Box office opening weekend fifty six million. No, just fifty okay. million. Can, let's play the game again. Can you do the top five? Uh, July thirtieth, two thousand four. You're not going to get any. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to try to get order. Is Anchorman in the top five? No, it's number nine. Interesting. Spider Man two still in the top five? Yes, number five. Okay, two thousand four. Uh, Alex Proyas movies in there. Right? I Robot had come out the week earlier. I rub it. I robot. Uh, Ehrlich, you had a guess? Oh, no. No, I was just going to say. Um, I was going to say the words I robot. Just, just to say them. Uh, also, Gods of Egypt in theaters. Uh, yeah, this I, I'm going to go see it in a second. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Um, oh okay, so I, I robot. 
a, re- uh, a, ba- a, a quasi good remake from a great director. A qua- Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. Uh, Manchurian Candidate. Uh, I Rub It. The Village. Spider Man Two. Yeah, and it's just another big action movie. Like it's a good one. Two thousand four. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't born. Yeah, supremacy? born supremacy. Yeah, and then you've got, you got Catwoman's in there. Uh, Where is it? Number eight, number six. Uh, wow. collected twenty nine million uh, in its two weeks. Uh, Cinderella story is in there. Uh, Hillary Duff by Bryce's dad. No, uh, oh yeah, no that right. That's I'm that Cinderella story, man. Not Cinderella man. man. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Fahrenheit nine eleven's in there. A Dockbuster. Uh, Thunderbirds debuts at number eleven. Jonathan oh, Frakes' Thunderbirds. Oh, no. Starring. Do you guys remember who starred in Thunderbirds? <laughs> no. Brady Corbett. Wow. Is the young lead of Thunderbirds. How how his fates have changed. Garden State Mm. opens in nine theaters to $200,000, number 30. Hey, David, watch this movie. It'll change your life. (laughs) Oh, boy. And then, yeah, the next week it drops 68%. I I gave to that $200,000. I think I gave to both of these totals. Yeah, me too. I saw Garden State at the AMC 25 on opening weekend. Yeah. And uh, I I saw it at the Odeon West End. 2004, I was in college. Jesus Christ. I was about to enter college. Yeah, I I was uh, entering my sophomore year of high school. Um, But so in the discussion of Shyamalan, and we're wrapping up, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, this is it for him. This is the, this is everything goes down. Critics are angry. Yeah, angrier than they need be. Audiences are irate, and let's I, say audiences are angry. Basic rule of thumb is like your movie usually does. I mean, it's gotten a little lower now. Now it's maybe like two point five, but your movie usually does like three times your opening weekend. Right. 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 And if you're really successful, you do more than that. Like Sixth Sense did like twenty times its sure, opening right. weekend. You know, and yeah. Signs also did like more than four times its opening weekend. This like doubles its opening weekend. It, it ends with one fourteen. Yeah. yeah, so which it, is not bad, but it, it yeah. doubles. It's it more than doubles. It's uh, domestic take internationally. Does really well. Everyone's overseas. everyone's happy. Yeah, it made everyone a lot Except of money. For, everyone who didn't have to watch the movie. Yeah, it was involved in making. The movie uh, M Night got over ten million dollars for doing it. I don't know what the math behind this is, but he was paid like seven point five for the rights to the story. Like was paid seven point five for the pitch. Was only paid three hundred thousand dollars for the script, mm. and worked as a director for Scale, also for only three hundred thousand dollars. But got three million as a producer. You really studied that. Uh, he didn't have points for the for the back end because, like did. that, if I were M Night, yeah, that would be he where a, he has a production company wealthy. at yeah. this point. Yeah. You know, in the in the you know, yeah. 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 I'm sure he. Is, if he did, I'm sure he cleared like upwards of twenty. Oh yeah, right. is this is his fourth it, movie with Disney in a row. Yes. Yeah. It just felt like a weird like is that a tax thing where it's like I'm gonna get a lot of money for the pitch. And for the producing, but then the two things I really do, writer, director, I'm working scale. Who knows? I don't know. Interesting. We'll dig into that in future episodes. No, we won't. Um, this is the, this is the last point, and this is the last time he tries to make a twist movie. Everyone's angry. They go fuck right. you, and, and he twist. never makes a twist movie. I mean, uh, ha- last well, year. Well, the visit is a twist movie. The visit is yeah. definitely a. Does twist it have movie. a twist? Oh yeah, but we're not going to talk about it. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited. Um, That's the, the one I'm saving. Twi- the happening is not a twist movie per se, but I guess there's. An uh, unusual concept. explanation for what's going on. Yeah. Guys, end this, uh, please. Shut up, Ben. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Ben Hosley, aka producer Ben, aka the Ben Deucer. Okay, Did the, you like the movie, Ben? That was, that was alarming oh. to me. <laughs> no, I've no, never had it. anyone speak into headphones before. I was like, God. Wait, <laughs> ben, did you watch the movie? Yes, I watched the movie. You didn't like it. I hated it. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? It's fucking stupid. It's a bunch of people LARPing. <laughs> This is our first late night recording. Yeah, I think I think that's I think why ben that's why I've been sort of guiding us to like yeah. it's go home time, guys. It's yeah. four AM right now. Yeah. <laughs>
And you got to make a 5 a.m. screening of Gods of Egypt. <laughs> got to go see Gods of Egypt. I hear it's at least, like, stupid. Like, I'm, I'm excited. You know, like, funny oh, stupid. Oh, I, I think that there's no doubt that it's stupid. <laughs> no, I, but, I mean, I was worried it would be, like, pretentious and boring and, like, you know, self-serious. I hear it's not. I, hear I it's did like, hear it has some twists fun. in it. They were apparently oh, making twists? critics sign non-disclosure agreements. Well, they wouldn't let me bring a plus one to the screening, so I'm just fucking seeing it Thursday night after talking to you guys. Spoiler alert, I heard there's a spaceship in it. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll go see it for that reason alone. You want to come now? No, I'm not going to see that movie. <laughs> I'm like semi-tempted, but I also... You're literally just going to go to a public screening. Of... I do this sometimes. If I if I can't be bothered to go to the critic screening, I'll just I'm see not, it Thursday night. I'm and not surprised it. that you are deigning to see a movie. No, it's because I have to review but... it. Yes. I mean, otherwise I right. go see it yeah. some other time. Right. But and also my brother works late, so we he'll he'll come join me and we yeah. we catch a 10 p.m. screening. It's ah, fun. Joey yeah. Sims. Yeah. Once I, I told you about In the Heart of the Sea, right? Yeah. When we went to see it at the Regal RPX in yeah. uh, Court Street, you know where yeah. you could choose your seats. He bought his, He had already bought his ticket. I like bought a ticket. This map comes up. One seat is filled <laughs> in. I take the one next to him. We get to the theater, and like it's an empty theater, and we're like, okay, uh, row K. Like we walk to our assigned <laughs> seats. No one else enters the theater. Halfway through the movie, a homeless man who's been sleeping in the back gets up and runs out. It was <laughs> the most exciting part of the movie. David? That's why that homeless man ran out. David. Yeah. I give you 50 comedy oh, points woo, for going woo. to your assigned seat. That's yeah. a good See, bit. you had an Nancy Meyer story. I had my In the Heart of the Sea story. Ehrlich, do you want a grab bag story? You got one grab bag story? Oh, Jesus. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I do want to hear about uh, whatever you got fired from and all the people you hate from the intern. But we can do that all day. Oh, we'll talk about oh, that yeah, another yeah. time. We'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, let, let's say this. I, I, I want all the listeners to know, especially the ones that were potentially interested in hearing those things yeah. that we did talk about them afterwards oh, and they didn't get to hear it. It's the right. best thing about podcasts yeah. when people yeah. are like, we'll discuss that off mic. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Bonus yeah. content. What's your favorite Shyamalan movie, Ehrlich? Favorite? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I know you. You think favorite and best are the same thing. I do. I, uh, I didn't mean like favorite, stressing away from best, but just that I was so hard pressed to like one of them enough to, to single it out. But, you know, probably Unbreakable uh, and the first half of The Village. Yeah. The movie The Village yeah. could have been sure. and and Unbreakable, but I don't really need any of these movies in my life. I think the direction in Unbreakable is very smart. Yeah. I agree. It's my favorite one. Is this your favorite, David? Definitely. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, and it's all and I haven't even seen all the ones we're gonna do. Well, yeah, I my never favorite M. Night Shyamalan project is the episode of Entourage where his script gets stolen oh, and yeah. Ari's freaking out. <laughs> That's a good episode. Yeah. M. Night's really good. In that. Oh, God. Entourage was so good at jerking off its guest stars where it's just like, M. Night Shyamalan, everybody, please, let's take this a second. biggest director in Hollywood. God. Remember um, when they acted Emily like Ratajkowski? I, I, I love Anna Ferris, but Entourage had a whole season about Anna Ferris's yeah. career Those, those are the only, like, Five or six episodes I've watched in their entirety because at that point in time I was an Anna Faris completist. Fan. I wanted to have seen every work she had done. I've seen mm. most of them. Mm. I don't watch Mom. Um, Mom's actually okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. David Ehrlich, thank you. Thank for you for coming being, a being our guest. This is a surreal pleasure. Aww. <laughs> um, uh, as always, uh, please uh, rate, review, subscribe our <laughs> podcast, but also our cousin, sister, brother podcast on the UCB Comedy Network. Yeah. Which now it has some new thing on iTunes. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Yeah, Ben? What's up? <laughs> ben, we forgot to mention The Buried Secret. We're going to talk about The Buried Secret. Don't worry. Uh, uh, we'll there, talk about The Buried Secret. M. Night Shyamalan, at the time of this film, commissioned a documentary filmmaker, an Academy Award-nominated documentary filmmaker, 
to make a film called The Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan. It aired on like the Sci-Fi Channel or yes, something? Yes, and or? it was supposed to be an unauthorized, probing look into M. Night Shyamalan, right. asking the question, is he himself supernatural? Right, but it was all just scripted nonsense. Have you heard of this thing, Ehrlich? I remember it at the time. Here and comes it was, the twist. They leaked like things to page six to be like, yeah, 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 M. Night whatever. was suing. Tell them the twist. The twist is, the buried, the buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan is the first ever screen credit of one Griffin Newman. Wow. I have never seen it. Did you it. play M. Night Shyamalan? I yeah, played a did. kid who loves M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Wait, so this was uh, this uh, ostensibly a documentary. It's a, it's a, a mockumentary, but it's presenting like, itself as a documentary. I'd sign like 80 pages of non-disclosure stuff because they were like, we're going to leak this out and we're going to pretend, he's going to pretend to sue us and that he doesn't want it released. It's all part oh, of the so village it's, marketing campaign. It's like tongue-in-cheek. Okay. But it was like- But they, uh, they took it seriously because he took this everything the same about himself very seriously. that was like, we are going to explode, like the secret childhood of M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. So, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. All of this. Yes. Right. Uh, we're we're going to do a bonus episode about this. We're going to do a bonus this. episode about it. I have never seen it. I believe my role was uh, largely, they told me at the time it was cut out, mm -hmm. and then I saw someone else on IMDb credited as what I was ostensibly playing in the okay, movie. Okay, so maybe you're not in the movie. Uh, well, no, I'm credited as, like, teenage fan number four. Okay. I believe I don't speak and appear somewhere in the background riding a bicycle, but okay. I got to miss a day of school to do it. Cool. I got paid a, a couple hundred dollars, sure. and I got stories to tell. Uh, launched me on this you horrible, get a horrible career. Yeah, I think that I, I, no, I got it later after that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that. We'll do a bonus episode about that. But and there's also a book that he had commissioned about the making of Lady in the Water. Well, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, but next those week. those are going to be bonus content. We got some bonus episodes planned. Right. Maybe one big bonus episode. Yeah, just one. Uh, Ehrlich, thank you for being here. Anything mm -hmm. you want to plug in particular? Uh, uh, where where to begin? Uh, I don't know. Follow me on Twitter. He's funny on Twitter. <laughs> really funny on Twitter. And, and a, a bit of a rebel rouser. Sometimes, Sometimes you know, he goes a little stir, stir up that shit. Stirs up that shit. And, and also, uh, yeah. I believe uh, Carol comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> in in March sometime, yeah. Back. Yeah, uh, David's favorite movie. <laughs> uh, please watch Carol if you had not already. We talked about it a lot last Carol's week. Carol's great. Um, I want to remind uh, people, as always, that uh, you can sign my petition to join the cast of Fast 8 mm -hmm. at bit.ly backslash fastgrift.com. Furious. Yeah, rolls off the tongue. I'm very serious about this. I know. And I am not giving up anytime soon. Any news? Uh, things are, are moving. Okay, yeah. I got I got some other stuff going it's on. It's like me mid-morning. Is Nancy Myers directing that one? Because yes, she, she might be in trouble. That would yes. be great. Uh, I'm currently trying to get other jobs to leverage to then get them to cast me in Fast and Furious. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to get cast in Fast and Furious. I, I'm committed to it uh, uh, more Griffin, than Griffin, I'm very else. excited for you. Great. Uh, thank you for listening. Yep. Please subscribe, rate, uh, and as always, just... Oh, wait, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. I I should, I you know, after all the shit that I've given Katie Rich on the this show. This is a twist. I, <laughs> what a twist. I should plug my podcast, which yeah. is uh, yeah. just about movies. It's called Fighting in the War Room. It's a great podcast. It's on iTunes. Yeah, friends of the show. Friends, friends, friends of the show. Of you, the show. You, uh, I've been listening I'm, for years. My guess, uh, I would never listen to the show, but I'm guessing that there are people who have been on it in previous weeks who have plugged oh, yeah. the same podcast. Yeah. Uh, so collect them all. Yeah, mm -hmm. collect them all. Fighting in the war room. That's what we're trying to do. Fighting in the war room. It's great. Uh, David, thank you for that late-breaking twist. Yep. Uh, and as always, just don't be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> don't be difficult. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.